No, a uh, true story is that when I went to go see the third, this is not going to make any sense without, without the <laughs> other context, but it's important because it was on my brain and that's how my brain works. Anyway, um, I, when I went to go see the, either the second or third of the new Star Wars trilogy, I can't remember which one, somehow Pure Flix were, the, I went on opening weekend and the theater I was in played an ad for the Pure Flix Samsung, Samson movie. And when the Pure Flix logo came up on the screen, I out loud was like, no! <laughs> Because no one else knew what the fuck was happening. <laughs> yeah. As you as you may have guessed, this is a Baywatch podcast. It's exactly. It's exactly. It's, it's right in yeah. line, I think. <laughs> yeah, you have literally zero context. Um, what's the context? Uh, the context is that despite what your uh, liberal philosophy professor in college may tell you, God's not dead. <laughs> God's not dead. He's really... Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> My first concert was also Newsboys, Michael. <laughs> so... Why? <laughs> because I was a 12-year-old evangelical child. My options were limited. It was before my it was before Michael Tate took over as lead singer, though, was the previous lead singer. Wow, what a <laughs> I, should I be happy for that? <laughs> well, the time Michael T was in DC Talk, who I never did get to see live. But wow, I, th- I'm realizing this is the one genre of music I haven't done my research on. Morgan wishes that that was well, true for them, but unfortunately, <laughs> 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 but unfortunately, they still. Uh, Michael, we do, we do have to watch Carmen videos yes. at some point because not we without will me, love no, them. not without me. Carmen the play. Yes. No, not Carmen the play. No, Carmen, Carmen the evangelical singer. Don't look them up. Don't cheat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to start a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'll shut up. Gone <laughs> two minutes. We haven't even done the intro. <laughs> to be fair, I am an excellent partner who has absolutely never listened to a single one of your episodes, so I don't know what the intro <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Morgan, do you want to do the intro? Uh, you know, amazingly, somehow I don't remember it. So why don't wow. why don't you take us through? Okay. I, at this point, I've memorized it, which is kind of sad. Um, <laughs> but good, I guess. Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast for two men who have never watched Baywatch before. Try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Michael, we've got ourselves a very special episode, in case listeners have not figured it out already. (laughs) Someone Uh, skipped three minutes and 15 (laughs) seconds into the episode, because that's just what they normally do. Wow, there's a guest. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, But yes, we are happy to welcome first-time guest and a medium-time partner of mine. It's been, what, two months? Does that count as medium? I don't know. Um, medium. Bethany Sparkle. Uh, Sparkle, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. I have not seen an episode of Baywatch since I was a small child, and I remembered nothing. <laughs> I mean... What it, were you? Did you watch every episode and remember nothing, or just a single random episode? 
Or was it this episode? I, I have no idea. I know that I saw, like, Baywatch was, I am 10 years. It's the greatest show of all time. I am, I am older <laughs> than at least Morgan. I don't know how old you are, Michael. You're one year okay. older than me. Well, when we were a kid, I feel like Baywatch was just sort of on periodically. I was oh, yeah. Just, like, no, in the I, background. I just saw it. Yeah, I saw it here and there. I don't remember it. Same. I know I've seen parts of it. Yeah, like my only real memory of it was like, yeah, there's a lot of them running down the beach. Um, and that was that was basically it, which as it turns out is in fact three quarters of the episode. So maybe I remember more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really lean hard into those tropes from the very beginning of the show. Yep. Uh, but let's talk about this episode specifically. Uh, this mm-hmm. is season three, episode five, Peer Pressure, written by Deborah Schwartz and Douglas Schwartz, directed by Gus Traconis, aired October 12th. 1992. Uh, let's talk about some of the guest stars. So first off, we have Jason Marsden, no relation to James Marsden, playing <laughs> Tony Valentino. Uh, so fun fact, first, he would become a regular on the show step by step, playing the best friend of J.T. Lambert, who was played by Brandon Call, a.k.a. Hobie One, the Satan oh. Hobie, the evil Hobie <laughs> of season one, the one who would just be like, yo, girl, I, I don't care if your family's going destitute. Do you want to? That Hobie. Uh, what a bad episode that he was. He was also um, Eric's uh, best friend in the first season of Boy Meets World, which is where I recognized him from. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a bunch of things you may recognize him from um, that I'd like to tell you about. <laughs> so you first off may know him as the voice of Max Goof in the Goofy movie and other related Goofy franchises. Flawless film. Uh He's Haku, a.k.a. the Dragon Spirit Kid in Spirited Away. He, oh. He's Chase Young in Shaolin Showdown, a show I watched a lot of as a kid. Uh, Richie Foley, a.k.a. Gear in Static Shock, which I also watched a lot of. Uh, the second voice of Chester McBad, Bad and Fairly Odd Parents, also watched a lot of that. <laughs> oh. And even Thackeray Binks, a.k.a. the kid in Hocus Pocus who gets cursed and turns into a cat. Um, also... Wow. Uh, in a show called Breaking News Fake Trump Cartoons, he played David Duke, uh, which is weird. Oh. Um, but I'd like to also huh. to you some funny character names he has played. Okay. Uh, Tino Tony Tini in The Weekenders. <laughs> Norman Squirelli in Even Stevens. Uh-huh. Smedley good name. in Rugrats. Just Smedley. Okay. All caps. Um <laughs> You're going to love this one. Torque Smacky in Invader Zim. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hoigel Floygen in the Floygen Brothers for the Dreamcast. <laughs> Schnookums in Marsupilami. Uh, and lastly, Alan A.J. Quartermine Jr. number three in General Hospital. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> all very excellent awards. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next up, we have Juliet Sorcy, who plays Heather. So, fun fact, she was nominated in 1993 for a Young Artist Award for Best Young Actress Guest Starring in a Television Series for a little show called Baywatch. It's Disappearance. (laughs) What? Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why? (laughs) No clue. She has, like, three lines. I mean, I did actually (laughs) think that she was better than most of the other people. Um, (laughs) 
show. Um, I actually thought she was very convincing as the 14-year-old girl that the 11-year-old would have a crush on, but I'm not sure that I would give her an award for it. Is it just because of her looks or because she's actually 14? I mean, it could be either of those. I don't know. I felt like I, I felt like I kind of. Wow, what a great actress looking like herself. <laughs> no, I felt like I kind of bought her, like, her interactions with Hobie, even though everything Hobie was saying was insane. Yes. I think it definitely helps that none of the other kids look remotely 14. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So some more fun facts about her. In 1991, she was in a show called The Antagonist, in an episode titled Variations on a Theme, where she plays a character called Heather. In 1992, on this oh. episode of Baywatch titled Peer Pressure, she played a character called Heather. In 1993, she was in a show called In the Heat of the Night, in an episode titled Deadly Affection, and she played a character called Heather. These three <laughs> roles were one after the other. Uh, wow. After this third Heather role, she took an immediate 12-year break from acting. <laughs> I can only assume it's because of all the Heather stuff. I got to um, imagine. It's just a shame that she retired before she got a chance to be in Heather's. Ooh, um, yeah. Which I, I feel like is the obvious next logical role. Right. The obvious next role in the past, because Heather's... Is mm-hmm. I was going to say, the timing is wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, next up, we have the character of, of Courtney Bremer, who is played by Elizabeth Berkley. Yes, this and this is where famous. I learned. This is where I learned that we're going to never watch an episode of Saved by the Bell, which is weird. It uh, is weird. <laughs> uh, she is famous for playing Jesse Spano in Saved by the Bell. In fact, she was playing Jesse Spano at the same time mm-hmm. this episode uh, <laughs> because she appears in another episode of the show, aka next week. Because next week's episode was intended originally to be a spinoff into or start a spinoff into a new TV show that never, <laughs> never came oh. to fruition. Yeah. Huh. A Malibu High TV show. Uh, that explains that a makes, lot about. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're introducing these characters and such, because they had it. It just never, never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley would also be known for No Me Malone in the movie Showgirls and doing some other things. And then I think. She had a big issue of her falling out from acting. I think it was her uh, because of uh, various like drug addiction and stuff. Mm. I think it was sure. Elizabeth Berkeley. I think that's right. She's currently in the um, in the new Paramount Plus uh, or no Peacock uh, sequel series of Saved by the Bell. The cock. playing Jesse Spano again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a really stupid reference. I'm going to talk about uh, this. Maybe this is my one wrestling reference for the episode. Uh, there's this like clip from the late 90s uh, where uh, they're just all about, oh, man, we're going to push the bar on what we can say on TV. So oh. uh, there's a scene of like a guy like in a plane and he's like skywriting like the other company sucks. But I love <laughs> this moment because he just gets to go on TV and say, I'm here in the cockpit. Uh, and he just keeps <laughs> saying it like that over and over. And then they got like a cease and desist or or whatever from like you know the television station of like you can't keep saying it like that. And it's like I'm just saying cockpit. It's just a thing. It's like no, you're saying cockpit. It's like cockpit. Um, lastly, Joe Quarles is the store owner in this episode. He was actually the paymaster on set for a decent amount of time. Uh, the paymaster being like a, the neutral third party for. For business transactions, who handles all the funds and money, so he'd be like the one to huh. pay to people, or, okay. like take in, like actually take cash and then hand out physical cash. So he was that for like 
45, 50 episodes. Uh, so I guess they were just like, wow, we're going to make the thing you do and then give you that role to just go, hey, don't. Um, <laughs> his entire um, biography on IMDb is Joe Quarles is known for his work on Baywatch. I mean, he really handled that money well. Let's just yeah. Uh, this show did not waste money at all. That was the re, not this show. Nope. Uh, speaking of not wasting, Morgan, let's not waste time and let's get into this episode where we will then waste time. Yes, let's. We start off with one of our favorite activities here on Baywatch, and that is watching someone shoot the pier, mm-hmm. uh, which is apparently a big thing based on how frequently we see people doing it. It seems First like off, it actually would be. Yeah, it seems like a it. thing dumb kids would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dumb Probably. kids. Don't you mean the literal best surfer of all time? At least later. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we get to see Slade uh, attempting to shoot the pier, and he does it great, and he's getting so much attention, including but from then, Heather, the girl who is positively fifteen years younger than him. Uh, so here's the interesting thing: I I had that same thought, and I looked up his age as of the releasing of this episode. The man is 21. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. But yep, still way too old for Heather. <laughs> oh, for sure. It, he, um, I think he looks like he got, like, you know, early onset puberty, and then that just stuck. <laughs> is, that, is that a term people use, early onset puberty? No? I, <laughs> I, maybe? You can get I'm, early puberty, but um, yeah, no, I mean not early onset. I don't think that's what we call it. That's more like Alzheimer's. What we in the biz call it. That's yeah. uh, the business of puberty. In the business of puberty, let's take it from the top. I, um, I'm here to give some freckles and, and take some dough. I will say that, however terrible of an actor he is, and it is really astonishing um yes he does have very pretty eyes <laughs> yes yeah let's let's make this clear there is a serious quantity of acting in this episode not quality but there is a quantity of acting. oh yeah and there is decent quantity from kelly slater <laughs> kelly kelly slater is making choices he's really I, I trying that <laughs> i yes. think he's really trying is he? Yeah. I think he is because he, either that or he struggles to read and someone's holding his <laughs> I mean, It I looks guess. like he's putting an effort for something. Oh, yeah. He looks visibly pained and stressed whenever he is on screen. Yes. Now give me the money. Wow. <laughs> Kelly, great acting. Good job. Mm-hmm. No, don't need a second take for that one. That was perfect. Nailed yeah. it in one. <laughs> Keep uh, going, Hobie, Boyle. Hobie sees all the attention that uh, Slade is getting, and especially from Heather, so he decides to shoot the pier, too. Uh, but then <laughs> Hobie he decides, I should act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not acting, but what if I acted? Yeah. It can't, I mean, it can't be worse than what he did, which is to uh, completely wipe out on the board and get the string of the board wrapped around one of the uh, posts of the pier, and then Mitch has to come and rescue him, and Mitch is real mad. Um, it was somewhere Summer- in here that I stopped Morgan and was like, I'm sorry, what is this child's name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's-, it's, named after, it's named after a type of kayak. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm not I don't, I, that's that's what Morgan told me, but um, I'm I'm remain mostly unconvinced that the children are not mocking him for his stupid name. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, I, I, look, look. This is a show where last season we had a main character named Shawnee, and then eventually, I mean, spoilers. So we get a character later on called Neely Capshaw. <laughs> fakest name I've ever heard in my life other wow. than Tony Tony T, no what was it uh it was like Tony Teeny right Tony Tony Teeny <laughs> Tino Tony Teeny <laughs> or or like uh, a few episodes ago when we recorded with John uh it was um like Mike's butt kiss no no yes no wait Something wait like wait that. wait this is actually important to me that I find out <laughs> hold on hold on really quickly it Hang was on. It was uh, Mike Scrumbus. Yes. Wow. Mike Scrumbus. <laughs> okay. Oh God, what a good name. I, I want to be Mike Scrumbus. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I'm, I'm already Michael, so I just need to change my last name to Scrumbus. Yeah. Done. I mean, like, I changed my last Mike. name to Sparkle, so that's like pretty much the same, right? Yeah, but you could have changed your last name to Scrumbus. <laughs> no, I feel okay about my life choices. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Well, I think you can fix your life choices more easily than fix mine, Michael. Uh, no, I have a Baywatch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fix Two men. Um. Uh, thank you. We need to get that joke in once. Uh-huh. Um, but Summer has shown up to give backup, but she forgot to set the parking brake <laughs> on the truck, and it very, very slowly rolls so towards the woman. So slowly! Um... And then just as it's about to hit her, Mitch runs in and tackles her off her blanket and she slaps him in the face. And good for her, honestly. I agree. (laughs) Um, But then he explained what happened and stops the truck and then goes and chastises Summer and Slate. I was just saying, he doesn't doesn't explain it to her. She just slaps her in the face and we never see them having conversations. Yeah, that's why I'm like, it's it's weird to me because she just slaps him. He doesn't be like, he's not like, you were going to die. He's just like, okay. I really think he was just like, bitches be like that. I don't. <laughs> Either that or Mitch is way kinkier than we give him credit for. I yeah. think it's possible. I think no. it's actually the, the Mitch is way kinkier <laughs> thing. Based on what we've seen from Mitch, I don't think it's the like, bitches be like that. I think it's like, mm, kink. I spent so much time during this episode staring at David Hasselhoff and like, being aware that David Hasselhoff was like a huge sex symbol icon when I was a kid and being like, why? What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not seeing it. (laughs) Like, he's fine, but he's not particularly sexy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't like like curly hair. That's probably part of it. How dare you? (laughs) I have curly hair and I don't like it. I have curly hair. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> it makes me feel bad here. I had dreams to grow up to be David Hasselhoff, and now they're just ruined. <laughs> this was the, the final straw for you. <laughs> the first and only and finals. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, everyone, everyone knows you can't use straws in Seattle anymore. The liberals made them illegal. <laughs> Not even the liberals. It was goddamn... I don't have another joke. <laughs> good, good. The important thing is you tried. 
<laughs> no, not really. There was a tweet, there was a tweet today earlier where someone was complaining about the vaccine mandate and being like, "All the liberals keep saying, but the vaccines are free," but that they don't get it that the and then they use the word turdwads, and I was like, "Oh boy," that these turdwads uh, don't get is that well, you know, like they don't. It's not that they wanted to pay for it or something. They just don't want to get it, and it's like, okay. <laughs> go go on yeah <laughs> and it's a bunch of people just replying okay go yeah. on and then he doesn't go on so people, <laughs> like there's like a hundred replies to people going okay go on uh, and that's what i love about the internet so yeah. oregon Go on. <laughs> uh, uh, Slade then invites Summer to the surf competition so that she can see him in a better light. And Summer is very excited about this because she is uh, very horny for Slade. Yes, but also the reason Summer was mad at him was because it was his fault. She she determined that it was his fault that this happened. She got yelled at by Mitch and that this was his fault because he had been shooting the pier and that had encouraged Mitch's son to go shoot the pier. And if none of that had happened, she would never have driven the truck and not have forgotten to put on the parking brake. So she was mad at him for that and he said, come see me surf and you'll see me in a better light. And I'm just really not convinced that that was an effective comeback except that she wanted to (laughs) It's not. No. (laughs) It's it's impressive though. We get to see our first instance of what this show thinks peer pressure is and we're only a few minutes into the episode. There's no peer pressure. There's no peer pressure. Morgan, this episode is titled P-I-E-R Pressure. Yeah. And and people are under pressure because of a peer. So if you ask me. <laughs> um, now we get to see Hobie going to the liquor store arcade. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Here, we got to talk about. So the reason Hobie did this all was to impress a girl named Heather, who did not yes. notice Hobie. Uh, and Hobie earlier had said in the episode, like a minute and a half ago, uh, that like he should he should shoot the pier too. Uh, and his friend Landon goes, "You'll die." And he goes, "It's worth dying for her attention." Uh, but she doesn't yeah. notice him, so it wasn't worth dying. Well, she notices then, that he, she does because she recognizes him as the kid who gets pulled out of the pier. <laughs> so I think I think she did notice him, but maybe not the way he was hoping. For. Yeah. <laughs> Hobie asked Mitch if. Uh, Mitch has ever done anything stupid to impress a girl and yeah. Mitch mm-hmm. says it was never worth it and Hobie goes it's definitely worth it now <laughs> the next thing I want to say mm-hmm. before we continue on is a question to both of you which is how familiar oh wow okay I already fucked that one up let's try that again <laughs> how familiar are you with Street Fighter 2 I am aware that it's a video game I Would you like a history lesson. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I saw it played a lot as a kid, but it was not the kind of thing that appealed to me. So I did not. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, what's what's your history lesson for us, Michael? So uh, in the arcade that they go to, which is located inside a liquor store, they are playing Street Fighter Two Championship Edition. So let's talk a little bit just about the release history of Street Fighter Two, please. Okay. So the base original game, Street Fighter Two, released February ninety one. And then this edition, Championship Edition, came out in March 92. So this game tweaked the damage mechanic, balanced characters, visual updates, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, It also 
remixed the character selection artwork and the stages. So, like, they just added new backgrounds. Plus, it allowed you to play four of the bosses that were in Street Fighter 2, Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and M. Bison. And it also had same character select, so you could pick the same character mm. and have alternate alternate costumes. Then in December 92, they would release Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which uh, heavily increases the speed of the game. Um, huh. It includes new character artwork, new special move for each character. Then September 93, they released Super Street Fighter 2 The New Challengers, this <laughs> balancing, which is, uh, you know, some stuff of like, uh, you know, like hitboxes and such. And then you mm-hmm. introduce T-Hawk, who's a Native American from Mexico. Fei Long, who's a Hong Kong movie star. DJ, who's a kickboxer. And Cammy, who is a woman with thighs. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's all you really uh, need in life, honestly. Yeah. 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 Lastly, in February 94, Street Fi- Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo comes out. And of course, it did some balancing patches. I introduced super combos, air combos, and also introduced Akuma as a character. Then in 95, they would release Street Fighter Alpha, which created, which, uh, it changed quite a few things. Uh, it brought in some of the characters from Street Fighter 1 and then took out some of the ones from Street Fighter 2, changed the art style greatly. So this is where it starts to look like the Marvel versus Capcom kind of style mm, of artwork. Sure. Uh, and then they changed some of the gameplay systems, added you know a gimmick here and there, and then come February '97 we get Street Fighter Three. So what I am going to assert here is you're going to hear me throughout this episode frequently correct the characters who call this Street Fighter Two because this is not Street Fighter Two. <laughs> this is Street Fighter Two Championship Edition, which yeah. is different. So uh, that's, that's the context to this joke that I'm going to be doing throughout this episode. <laughs> All right. Nothing nothing better than a joke that requires a large amount of context. Morgan, this, this is 100% my style of humor. You, you know oh, that. I'm well aware. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Hobie's, Hobie's going to the liquor store. And Langdon's like, uh, that's a liquor store. Let's not go there. And Hobie says, they've got video games. They want kids in there. Yeah, um, seems right to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, what liquor store owner doesn't want a bunch of underage kids hanging out? Um, also, this I mean, not this like one, because store. he does literally nothing about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe this is the liquor store from that Nathan For You episode where, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, not off the top of my head. So he he helps a liquor store out by saying, "You can, I'm going to make it so that you can sell liquor to kids. And they're like, what? Right. And he's like, okay, so you take the money from them and then you put it in the back and you say, you can't open this until you're 21 and you show me proof that you're 21, but you can pre-buy it so that at your 21st birthday you can drink it and he just makes tons of money from like 18 year olds being like yeah i'll come back in three years again <laughs> so he just gets free money it's wow. amazing uh maybe illegal uh because he does illegal. have to visit the judge and and the judge is like nathan you can't do this so he's like but i have a tv show i can do anything <laughs> that's how that works I mean, in that show, it kind of is. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I love about it. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, once Hobie goes into the liquor store, uh, all the kids are hanging around playing Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, 
two kids are playing, but then it's either Tony or Andy's turn. I can't remember which name goes to which child. Um, and Tony then, is the curly haired one that Sparkle hates. No, Andy <laughs> is the curly haired one that Sparkle hates. And Tony is the one who has hair that Sparkle doesn't hate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I Okay. I'm not gonna find it. It's a very it's a very useful uh, mnemonic. <laughs> Interesting thing here is that so you watch them playing and they're not actually mm-hmm. in one of the fights. They're in the mid game mini game where you destroy a car. So they're all like, Oh man, you beat me. You have better skill than me. I'm like, this you're not fighting each other. It's you literally huh. played the game for like 15 minutes and then got to the mini game. So like, what are what are you doing? <laughs> like, what? I don't I know. Did not know enough about Street Fighter to even notice that. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't even know what characters they were playing. I did. I, not a clue. Not, they were both playing no. Ken. So okay. Uh, ah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but did you notice that Hobie? So they're playing, and Hobie just, like, runs in and then just, like, tries to move towards the machine. They're like, why are you doing that? Back the fuck up. And I'm like, He's just trying to stand next to Heather, I think. Oh, is that it? (laughs) Yeah, I think he was trying to to make his way over next to Heather. He wasn't trying to get in. up against a boob. Yeah, I see. With his head, presumably, because he's, like, a fool. (laughs) (laughs) He's a lot shorter. Magnetic yeah. towards boobs. <laughs> he wishes. Sorry, it was the Street Fighter Two Championship <laughs> Edition in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my special power. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, street fights, uh, eventually yeah. Tony and Andy get into a, an argument fight, which is like a street fight, but with words and in a liquor store. They actually get um, into two of them. Championship Edition. <laughs> um, God, Michael. <laughs> um, next up, we go back to Summer's trailer where her mom is singing a bit, and then Summer gets home. I had a lot of feelings about her mother. <laughs> yes, tell us about your feelings. Well, mostly in this first scene, it was the earrings. Um, which appeared to be like small chandeliers with six different things. I mean, I don't think they were actually chandeliers, but that was about the size they were, um, with like six different random things hanging off Mm -hmm. of them. I could like, it appeared to just be like geometric shapes and like different, but they were so big. I I think there were like (laughs) bowling pins and cards and dice and just like all sorts of random tchotchkes in there. She was just very overwhelming. There was like a lot happening and I couldn't decide what I was supposed to make of her at any given point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's accurate. <laughs> um but yeah, once uh once Summer's mom is done singing, uh we get to see Summer again and she comes in to tell her mom you know, in that old book, when it says it's been the best of times, it was the worst of times. Well, that's me right now. Um, her mom says that was my singing career. Yeah. <laughs> and then she explains her whole day to her mom, and her mom is like, "David Hasselhoff's real cute. Is he single?" And, and Summer's like, "God damn it, mom! Yeah, like, let's talk about me. Why does every time I talk to you, it becomes about you and not me?" And I mean, yeah. I guess to her credit, she's like, you're right. Tell me about you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this scene then- is, is odd to me uh, because um, 
What if her? I thought Mitch was dating Kay last season. Yeah, she kind of just disappeared, and we never I think talked she'll, about she'll her come again. Back because it's like that's who Mitch. That's who David Hasselhoff is actually married to. So I assume mm. she comes back. But like, where the fuck did she go? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mitch's paramours seem to have a upsetting habit of just kind of quietly disappearing once we're done with them. I'm sure that that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there was that one who, you know, uh, went to jail uh, because she murdered her her former lover. I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, the episode where we looked up hentai with Helen. Yes. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, we looked up Baywatch hentai. I there isn't any. Okay, no. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's Baywalker erotic fiction and, and porn. I mean, obviously, yes. That makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I want there to be Baywatch hentai. Okay, but yeah. like your desire for something to exist, which may or, not, may or may not make sense in and of itself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, literally, <laughs> it's literally rule 34 of the internet, though. So That's yeah, true. There should I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it must exist. Somewhere. I mean, like, give it a couple of more months. Maybe uh, yeah. you've like you've uh, willed it into existence secret style. <laughs> oh, your vision Creating board. A, a, hentai, just, a hentai vision board. Yes, just, we, should just <laughs> vision board. We, we should just meet from the Baywatch uh, from our from our account. And say we'll give a love sync to anyone who makes Baywatch hentai. Ah, I like to buy someone a love sync. Yeah. Sorry, you keep trying to buy someone a what? Oh yes, I have not told you about the love sync. How have you not told Sparkle about the love sync? I don't know, and that is a deep personal failing on my part. Yeah. So the love sync. uh, Can't believe we're bringing this bit back. (laughs) I'm so happy. The love sync. The Love Sync is a Shark Tank product um, where you uh, pay a lot of money to buy two buttons that you put one on each nightstand and they're connected by a cable. And if one person presses the button, then nothing happens. Uh, But if both people press their respective buttons, then they both light up green and you know it's time for you to have sex. Um, because there's no better sex than when you are too afraid to even ask your partner if they want to have sex with words. but the I've best been part doing about sex this, wrong. right? <laughs> so the best part about it, and we've discussed this chart before, but since Sparkle, you have not seen it, you do need to see this chart that they include in all of their marketing materials that shows you why you should buy the love sync. <laughs> yeah, love uh, because that you as you can see, and no where, where sex, sex happens here. today. But if you didn't buy the love sync, you wouldn't get to have sex in the love sync zone. <laughs> Isn't the love sync zone just like I mean when you want to fuck? Is that you would think so? No, that's when you want to love sync. <laughs> oh. um, that's that's if, the point where it's hot and cold, but mostly cold, I guess. In this, actually, it seems like it's some sort of weird intro. This is a very confusing chart, honestly. But, it uh, is. <laughs> it should but, be reversed axis instead of like. Th- there should be a line on the. There should be an actual yes. x-axis. <laughs> yes. In, instead of yes. an upside down x-axis. Yes. So like the, this should be in quadrant one, not in quadrant four. <laughs> the absolute best part of the love sync, though, is that it costs sixty three dollars. Sixty three dollars. It won yes. away from a Nintendo. 
<laughs> why, why talk to your partner when instead you could spend $63 on two small buttons that light up green? Yeah, okay, but I'm if also... I come over to your house someday and there are two small buttons to light up green. Because, like, you make fun, but it does not seem beyond you to purchase this. I mean, yeah, as I wish joke, you were Morgan, wrong. Morgan would, uh, <laughs> along with a, a, a bottle of brain pills. <laughs> what? <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta get my brain force supplements on. Is it your brain force, your love sink, and your ivermectin? You know? <laughs> so, do you happening. see the video of this guy who's like clearly of a different political alignment than us? Um, taking you don't know crackers. Me, oh, well, I mean, you tell me if you align with this man after I tell you. Crackers, <laughs> cheese, and then ivermectin. Oh, my. So you would oh. inject ivermectin on top of the cheese onto each cracker and be like, oh. not bad, it's a little sweet. And I'm like, you fucking, you have horrible taste. Also, that's not what you're supposed to do. Why would you do this? It's not like, oh, man, jam. No, <laughs> like, even if it's for what you think it is, which you think it's like COVID medicine, it's not like a cheese topper. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, everyone knows that the COVID virus is afraid of cheese. <laughs> yeah, guy, it's some sort of weird like Wallace and Gromit villain or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But to uh, to get us back on track after that lengthy tangent, um, we end the scene when Summer's like, I'm going to go buy a new bikini before I go meet up with Slade at his surfing competition. And I'm her mom's like, I've got half an hour. Let's do it. So they go shopping. Um, we don't see them go shopping. She just says no. no. Wait, uh, I Sparkle, which which version did you watch? Oh, oh. that we shouldn't say which version because I'm not sure if you know. Did Morgan, which version did you show Sparkle? <laughs> I showed them the version on my Plex, which is the most recent remaster. So it's the one I'm watching. Yes. Okay. So I don't think they cut anything out. I think it was like the normal 44 yeah, minute the run. The only thing, because I've seen both versions now, the only thing I noticed being cut is... Summer's mom singing at the beginning of the last scene. Okay, I was like, I don't remember. Is gone from the remaster. I was like, I don't remember that, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. That's not yeah, yeah. a possibility. I I'm was just guessing hypnotized they... by her earring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing they couldn't get the license to whatever song she's singing or something. Uh, sure. Um, Makes sense. But now we get to go back to the uh, uh, early days, Dave and Buster, uh, and it turns out that Hobie is great at Street Fighter, and this finally gets Heather's attention in a positive way. It's true. Um, Even though she does say, weren't you the kid that got pulled out of the surf today? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, she really likes men who are good at Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, but not Street Fighter 2, because that game sucks. I really yeah, Championship Edition, that's for champions, and only champions can graze their head against my boob. <laughs> I really hope she grows out of this. I truly want like one of my general things of like I can't believe I spent so much time doing this as an adolescent was watching boys play video games. But 
<laughs> she was. I, I like to think she was studying their strats. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, there's lots of stories of like people who played a lot, who got really good at fighting video games, doing it by just like watching other people play and then learning how they played and then just destroying them. So maybe that's what she's doing. Could sure. be. I'm willing to grant that. Be. Yeah. It would make uh, this episode considerably more interesting, so. Would it? I say run with it. <laughs> um, but eventually, uh, Hobie beats one of Toby or Andy, and then Andy. he's met Andy, and then Andy wants a rematch, but uh, Tony tells him to get to the back of the line. <laughs> and Andy's real mad about this, uh, so he throws a beer at Hobie and Tony, which explodes on the floor and covers Hobie in beer. Uh, and then they fight a little bit and, and that, run out of the it's store. Not even, it's not even that much beer. It's not like you're going to smell that much like beer. You could just you're, you just go into the water for five seconds and the beer smell will go away. Right? He's in a wetsuit. Like, <laughs> yeah, just take off the goddamn wetsuit. <laughs> He's 11. Um, He's dumb. Yeah, that's true. He's I mean, like, yes. He can't help it. It's his brain. It's it's not. You're just always, <laughs> always in a wetsuit. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's what I did when I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you might have. If Just you going around in a wetsuit every everywhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No way that anyone. New York. No way that anyone dresses in the show makes any sense. And Morgan says this is because they're filming during the winter. And that, I guess, makes sense. But watching everyone walk by and this person is in, like sweater and sweatpants and this person is in a bikini. <laughs> I think you can just wear they're, whatever you want. I don't think they're filming in the winter as much as they are, like, maybe, like, early spring, maybe. Oh, okay. But maybe they're filming in spring. Maybe they're filming in summer. Uh, but, like, uh, I think what we're starting to realize is that the 90s didn't always necessarily value comfort over <laughs> making a fashion statement, which I can agree to because I wore sweatshirts in the summer as a kid. Oh, also, I was always well, too warm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was too. That didn't stop me from wearing them. Again, <laughs> did not value comfort, valued a fashion statement. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Which well, was for me wearing FUBU because I was an idiot and white. <laughs> you were a child. It's fine. <laughs> I had parents who could have told me otherwise, but they were also, you know. Oh yeah, because children are famous for li- <laughs> children are famous for listening <laughs> to their parents on what they should wear. Um. <laughs> Sorry, one one quick aside, Morgan, have I told you the story about my mother and the Mediterranean store? No, this is a, an important aside to give you an idea of the kind of person my mother is. Okay, so my mother went to a Mediterranean store, and she had all this got all this food uh, and it was free apparently and i i say to her well wow how did you get all this and she said well uh they gave me the free this food for free they really like me and they said you could have it as long as you split half of it with us um so the store owner gave her like half a piece of baklava and said you can have this for free but i get to eat it like eat the other half and you can have huh. half a jar of olives and i get to pull the other half out of the jar. I get to open it and pull. So you can have the leftover half for free. And my mom says, like, this seems like a normal business transaction. (laughs) Uh, Because my mom is a weirdo Mediterranean woman. And so then I say, okay, well, that's a little bit weird. Like, how did you find this place? And she says, well, it's next to 
the frame store I go to. Oh yeah, well, did you, did you get some frames? No, I was actually I was early to a funeral, and I thought, who says I shouldn't have some fun? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, mean is, I guess no one. No one says that. <laughs> I, I, I told this to uh, my my psychiatrist, who also used to be my mom's psychiatrist. And he said, this is frighteningly accurate. Uh, <laughs> and I think both of us should start a stand-up show where we just tell stories about your mom and <laughs> suffice as jokes. Because people could not tell if they were made up or real, but they are all real. <laughs> Wow. Welcome to weird Mediterranean people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next up, uh, we get to see Mitch calling Landon's parents to see if Hobie's there, but he's not. And guess what? It's our favorite recurring joke <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on Baywatch. Mitch burned dinner again, which is a hilarious joke that we have seen so many times. I, it's it's growing on me. Is it? Yeah, it's kind of growing on <laughs> me. I just like, it, I like the fact that it's consistent and he can never cook food right. I'm like, yeah, I, I think it's it's cute. I like the fact that they just stick to it. OK, but like, As, do you think that if he learned to use the mystery appliance in the kitchen, he would do better? Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this as well. Michael, did you notice the top? Of what was above the range? At first, I thought the... it was a microwave, and I was like, "That's the biggest microwave I've ever seen." But then there was a microwave on the counter. It was not a microwave. No, <laughs> I don't know I what not. it is. <laughs> I did not see this. Should I pull up the episode and? Oh, what is it? <laughs> what is this? Is it a big? It says caloric on it. I know. I tried yeah. to. I tried Does it to insert go- calories. I tried to Google <laughs> that, and I just kept coming up with this is how the Baywatch stars dieted for their um or how to calorie count like Baywatch. Look up Baywatch caloric. Look up like caloric <laughs> kitchen. I, I tried. So, but I, as near it might be a toaster oh, oven. A toaster oven is my best guess. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking as well from googling around. Is a toaster oven, but it is just very sci-fi it's and looks so very big. out of place. <laughs> I found yeah. it. Yeah, you found it. Wow. Yeah, no, it was really fucking easy. I just it was like <laughs> it was line two of Google Images. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it's a stove. Here, I'll just show you. Uh, it's a stove, but he has a stove. Here, no, it's attached. Here, look at this. Gas range stove. Look at the top of it. With top oh, so oven. it is. Wow. Look at that. With a I've top gotten, either I've gotten really good at Google Foo, or you guys need to like <laughs> step up your game. I did not put that much effort into it, but yes, you. you, you I didn't either. It's line two. <laughs> the second row. I'm sorry uh, to disappoint you so early in our friendship, Michael. Um, <laughs> you would. You can never disappoint. <laughs> you can't okay. disappoint me more than I've disappointed myself. <laughs> well, I am deeply fascinated by this kitchen. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. I I never in my life have been like, you know what I need? A top oven. I mean, I guess if the you're bottom making oven a really big meal, then it's like extra. But it doesn't seem like Mitch does that because he can't cook anything, apparently. So, yeah, he can just Morgan, burn things twice. Morgan, I have a new uh, uh, podcast merch idea for you. <laughs> OK, the power bottom oven. 
Uh, it sounds hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I say we get it into production ASAP. Yeah, along with all of our other ideas. Yep, all like, of which I definitely remember. Like the one we had last, when we recorded last time about, um, I think it was like a Baywatch rookie school shirt that said Bussy on it. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> you know, that thing that gets referenced in Baywatch all the time. Yeah, they're just all about Bussy and Taro burgers. <laughs> God, what a weird episode that was. Uh, um, every episode is weird. It's true. Speaking um, of which, Hobie is there and he's lied to his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and Mitch fight a bunch about Hobie's day, and Mitch is just a real bad dad during this yep. scene. <laughs> yeah, you see, Ho- but Hobie's also not thinking about this correctly. You see, what happens is he's lying to his dad. So, I mean, that's that's the mm-hmm. strike. Uh, he doesn't simply right away describe, like, oh, hey, like, yeah, the reason I smell like beer is because... Right, yada, so yada. a can or whatever. Right. What instead he does is he lies again and says he was playing Street Fighter 2. But actually, he was playing Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, <laughs> which is important. Because <laughs> Mitch knows that one. Uh, Hobie says, like, he kept winning, uh, but that wasn't a real fight. That was a mid-game minigame, so again, it's a lie. Um, but Hobie, Hobie keeps on bringing up through this episode the name Heather, uh, and, and Mitch... And setting off alarms, and Mitch is just ready to pounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, th- this sets off Hobie because he shouts, Dad, chill out, you're aging before my eyes. <laughs> what a good line. Mitch so is good. upset that video games are in a liquor store, and it's like, I mean, that's that's reasonable. Um, given the law, uh, yeah. something could happen. And then hap- one of my favorite lines of the of the episode happens, which is, you go upstairs and shower, and then you come down and have your burnt dinner. And Hobie <laughs> says, I don't want burnt dinner. I don't want anything <laughs> from you. It's like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, mood. Big yeah. mood. Who's <laughs> that? Uh. Um... But then it's the next morning and Hobie comes downstairs and is eating cereal too loud. So Honestly, I fucking in. love this. The child is just like, I'm just <laughs> going to chew angrily in your general direction. And I was like, yes. It's great. <laughs> and it works. It Hobie wins that altercation. I know he's still grounded. But I see by most metrics, Hobie is clearly the winner. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. <sighs> Uh, is is Chew Angry the sequel to the 2011 uh, Nicolas Cage film Drive Angry? That's my joke for this. I don't have anything else. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, next up, we... I like how you so quickly ditched your own joke. It wasn't good, and I realized that before I started it, but I had already Googled Drive Angry to check what year it came out, so I was committed. <laughs> There's um, nothing you could do. <laughs> the train like was in a motion. Better movie that had the word angry in it. Yeah, but I just the the title Drive Angry. I've never seen the movie, but but it's just so good. You could have I, said it's like, is it a sequel to Twelve Angry Men called Twelve Chewing Men? 
Not sure that's better, Michael. <laughs> no, well, the movie would probably be better. To well, know. the movie is definitely better, but <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it is better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just twelve men in a room chewing. Oh, that sounds like an episode of oh. um, of Legion. Yeah, yeah it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. God. I I would still watch it. I'd be like, man, this show is great. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah once uh once we get done with our chewing montage now it's time for a surfing montage so now, long how is it so it, long yeah it goes on forever and in the version i watched it's set to like bad 90s hair metal um that makes sense which is so much worse than the song you get in the remaster, which is not great, but it's at least bearable. Would you would you like to know about it? Please. So this is apparently called Watch Me Baby, and it's by the Tumblers. <laughs> uh, okay. Interestingly, uh, so it's written by David Feldstein and Lance Morrison, uh, who I guess are the Tumblers, technically, because... The Tumblers don't exist. I mean, there is a band called the Tumblers <laughs> from Perth, Australia, who do heavy blues rock and neo-psychedelia, with every single album cover is just a picture taken from a Terry Pratchett book. And they are oh. clearly not this band. Uh, like, yeah. very clearly, that band sounds like some dudes who are, like, you know, speak in an Australian accent and then have their singing accent. And this sounds like the guy who you want to punch at a party in California. <laughs> um, but, Sparkle, would you like to read the lyrics? Because I have them right here. I would love to. In fact, to. <laughs> would you, you could sing them, you could speak them, uh, you could curse them, you know, whatever you want to do with them. Um... <laughs> Look my way, I'm on the perfect ride, about to break away, now it's do or die. Wow, someone really killed themselves on this. <laughs> Nothing's gonna stop me now. Yeah, I'm gonna take this town. Alarming. Hey, hey watch me, baby, I'm the best around at riding the waves. <laughs> In case you were unclear. So watch me, baby, turn this upside down, riding the waves to gold. This is gold. Gonna, <laughs> gonna go with the flow. Straight. No, go with flow. Go with no flow. Sunday. Apologies. <laughs> go with flow. Like go with God, but with flow. Um, straight to greatness, star of every show. No way I can go too far. Yeah, I'll be a shooting star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch me, baby. I'm the best around at riding the wave. Watch me, baby. Turn this upside down. Riding the waves. Yeah, watch me, baby. I'm the best around. At riding the wave, yeah, watch me take the best round. Riding the wave to gold, to gold. <laughs> um, wow. Um, well, yeah, truly poetry of our time, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. well, I guess of of my and Michael's time. Morgan wasn't born yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't even thinking of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do believe. That this is what the surfer boy was saying in his head. I, I, can, I can accept that, actually. Yeah, yeah, riding the wave to gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does feel dumb enough to be what's in his head. I, I think he's hit his head a lot. 
Yes. It feels like a song they would have written as satire in uh, Steven Universe. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> Morgan is so, is so so barely into Steven Universe right now. So I know. I've only been shouting at you for it for about three years. Apparently yeah. it required, apparently required me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good it's, it's so good i love it shows. it is yeah Absolutely. i'm i'm 20 sub odd episodes in and i'm quite enjoying it so far oh, you it's, have seen nothing that's what i said last night Mark, it was like it's the, it's really good i'm liking the world building and stuff and i'm like uh, there has not even you, been a single actual twist <laughs> or not twist no. but like major You're, thing that has happened i think you can skip uh, have you has morgan seen tiger millionaire yet Yes. Yes. Oh, you can skip that one. Fuck the wrestling episodes. Michael. <laughs> we skip nothing. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. No, the last one we watched was uh, Monster Buddies. Uh, oh, okay. Where Steven lets Centipede out of the... Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, the bubble. I mean, that's... I feel like a very... Uh, it's different from Tiger Millionaire, I'll tell you that. Uh, it's a it's a plot heavy episode. Kind we're we're getting there. They're ramp they're ramping up. We'll we'll get more plot soon. Oh yeah, Morgan. Eventually, you're only going to be talking about Steven Universe. <laughs> yeah. Now it's the true experience we've all gone is, through. <laughs> the, the true watching Steven Universe experience is to watch it while you're waiting for Gravity Falls episodes to come out. Uh, because Gravity Falls is like, I'm going to release an episode maybe every six or seven months uh, instead of uh, once a week. And uh, you're like, fuck, I need a new show. I'll watch Uncle Grandpa. Nope, fuck this. I'm going to watch Steven Universe. Don't watch Uncle Grandpa. Yeah, there is an it's, inexplicable crossover episode of Uncle Grandpa and Steven It's Universe. the best Uncle Grandpa episode. Oh, that is yeah. not great. It's not a great, it's bad. No, I've never it, seen Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> I tried watching two episodes, and every episode is, do you know... You remember, like, in high school, there'd be that kid who'd be like, oh, lol's copter, I'm crazy random. Yeah. It's that. <laughs> it's that. Mm. And I'm like, I, I, look, there was a time for that, and it's never again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, 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 can, I can agree with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's going to be good. Mor- Morgan will, will get to be more excited, I think, soon. But <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of excited... Some mm-hmm. women are very excited for Jimmy Slade. Perfect. Sure are. They seem popular. One um, of them is Elizabeth Berkeley, who is playing a mean girl, which is so weird, but my primary association with her is Jesse. Anyway, go on. Yeah. No, <laughs> she's good at being hateable. It's true. It's true. I mean, Jesse Spano is sort of hateable in her own way, but, like, not in that way. <laughs> I mean, yes. I agree. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the cast that Saved by the Bell are kind of hateable. Um, Have you watched the new one? I actually think it's really cute. <laughs> I haven't watched the new one. Um, I I don't know. There was just something about it where I'm like, I don't want it to like ruin the memories I have of Saved by the Bell, so I didn't want to like touch Fire. It. Were you in love with Kelly? But yeah, duh. I was in love <laughs> simultaneously with both Kelly and Zach because I was very straight. And... Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched the show. And now when watching Saved by the Bell episodes, I'm like, oh, Zach is possibly a serial killer who is stashing. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, definitely yeah. going to make Morgan watch at least some of Saved by the Bell at some point. I don't understand so, how you like go through life and never see an episode of Saved by the Bell. It doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. So, like, I mean, I watched Saved by the Bell a lot as a kid. And then, like, I started watching it again. Uh, when I was in college, where 
in the morning before I went to class, I was like, well, I, I want to wake up, I want to eat breakfast and watch something. Uh, and when I wake up for like <laughs> for two or three quarters, it was I was waking up at a time where I was watching Monk and then my classes changed time. So it's like, OK, I'm going to wake up and watch Saved by the Bell. And so there was this girl I knew who every morning we would also she would also watch Save by the Bell. So we'd both then talk about that day's Save by the Bell episode <laughs> rerun, which was kind of fun. That's um, cute. But uh, one of the things that made me realize, because, you know, uh, rewatching it in the you know 2010s is even then I was like, Fuck Dustin Diamond. That guy is a weirdo. I don't like him. <laughs> oh, see, I just felt like uh, he was so much younger than the other kids, and they were so mean to him. Rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Um, <laughs> Let's also not forget the fact that he was a, a huge dick to a, a lot of people. Um, he was, but he also had a drug problem. I don't know. He did. I, I'm not, like, excusing it. I'm just, <laughs> I just mostly feel bad for him when I'm watching Save by the Bell. He had a cool name, though. Dustin Diamond. Yeah. Was that his actual name? Probably yeah. not. Yeah, I mean, no, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, are you de- is, is Diamond a Jewish name? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I feel like if any of us would know, he, he oh, would be Oh, this is you. better. This is better. Okay. His real name is mm-hmm. Dustin Neil Diamond. <laughs> What? Yeah, wow. his name is Dustin Neil Diamond. That that wow. is what that says. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well. Huh. Yeah, his parents are Jamie and Mark Diamond. Wow. Okay. Well. When he was younger, I mean, he Diamond was a live is a mannequin name, for so. a store. So there's that. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff that Morgan can make no commentary. There, on this is a very interesting mm-hmm. article. This is uh. There's a lot of different topics in here to talk about. <laughs> it's almost like the Wayne Newton article where you just see early life career, then Arabian horse breeding, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We all mm-hmm. have our we all have our Arabian horse breeding. <laughs> That's like a thing we yeah. all go through. Of course. Yeah. What else are you supposed to do in your early twenties? <laughs> I mean non-Arabian horse breeding. Yeah, it's just not the same, though. No, it's it's the Arabia that really adds mm-hmm. the spice of life. I don't know what... <laughs> Anyways, exactly. Summer, Summer introduces herself to Elizabeth Berkeley, and other person. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever learn the other we person's do. name. Oh, we do? She okay. literally, it's her only line is. Oh, right. <laughs> but she has like two other lines, but her first line is, this is my name. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, wasn't paying attention, so I don't remember what yeah. her name is. Also, what Summer other looks like. Are. Summer looks so short compared to. Yeah, Elizabeth she does. Berkeley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she looks so Summer tiny. Berkeley she also looks like an Amazon. I mean, she also looks like that next to her mom, though, so I don't know if she. <laughs> just like truly insanely short or if these women are insanely tall or some combination of the two I don't know it doesn't take much to be Hollywood tall well, yeah it's true how tall is Elizabeth Berkeley I was just looking that up too 5'6 <laughs> I think 5'10 so she is okay. tall <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah Long um, 
And now I'm curious. And Nicole Eggert is 5'3". Okay. Okay, so she, so, yeah. she is a wee thing. Seven inches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and her friend are fawning over Slade, and Summer comes and introduces herself, and then we learn that Slade parked his van in a specific spot so that he could go to high school with them. Um, and sense. he looks significantly older than every other teenager in this show because he is 21 in real life. I mean, Elizabeth Berkeley, I don't think was 15 at the time. Sure. Oh, definitely not. She was she was for sure. I, all the, the same by the Bell kids were kids, but not like the age they were supposed to be. <laughs> I do think the idea of he parked his van there so he could go to the school works really well if you have a spinoff series about, well, there's that rebel right. kid who lives yeah. in the van. Now, yeah, all of this beef... That, it's weird. <laughs> all of this yes. plot makes so much more sense with the knowledge that they were going to start a new show. But of course, yeah. I hadn't seen anything before, so I was like, is this something that's like been happening? Like, am I just like coming into the... No, okay, cool. Yeah. No, the, I also did not realize this was supposed to be a spinoff show, and okay, it does make, <laughs> yeah, The only reason I know now. about this is, so there was a recent conversation uh, from the Random Baywatch Twitter account with someone uh, who, I guess, works in Hollywood and writes for Hollywood about, wasn't there supposed to be, like, this episode was supposed to be, like, a, a trial to then hitch this Malibu High TV show? I was like, they confirmed, yeah, it was supposed to be. It kind of fizzled out and nothing ever happened. That's why they wrote it in, in the hopes that they could introduce... Like, we're going to see that next episode with a whole cast of characters, lovable and hateable, and sometimes <laughs> um, characters who, you know, would fit right into a high school. And <laughs> I'm kind of glad we didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like it would have been good. Well, w- would have been as good as Baywatch? Maybe. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Sorry, I love Baywatch. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I would like to say that I don't think that Elizabeth Berkley actually had a drug problem. I just want to say Um, she honestly, her her whole career basically got torpedoed by showgirls, which is a little unfair. Um, Mostly, I think she had less a drug problem than a misogyny problem. However, I do think that when I think Hmm. of Elizabeth Berkley, I do think of drugs just because of obviously the best episode of Saved by the Bell with the caffeine pills. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I just Uh, want to clarify because we made it sound like she was definitely on drugs, and I don't think she was. I mean, she could have been on. She could have been, but it was not the problem. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Okay, go on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, um, Summer teases these two girls about how she's about to go on a date with Slade, and why don't you update your information? Uh, And she goes up to Slade, and he says... Oh, did you think it was a date? I did not think that it no, was. Not, he didn't even say that. That was later. He oh, she yeah, walks up right. to him and is like, "Hi," and he's like, "Hey, summer, cool that you came," and then walks off with another girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he says, "Told you it'd be worth it." Yeah, he walks away. yeah. <laughs> Actually, the way he says it is like, "Told you it'd be worth it." Yeah, and then, and then he like some girl kisses on the cheek, and they're like, "Ah, you don't have a date with him, you little." Um, and that's that's 
basically it. She starts crying and her mom runs over. Yeah, apparently her mom had just been casually playing volleyball nearby and sees that Summer is in danger, and so she runs over to comfort her. This this leads to one of the wildest lines in this episode. Um, so Jackie says something about, let's go get chocolate thunder cake, and Summer says, <laughs> chocolate cake can't solve everything, and Jackie says, no. Cottage cheese won't solve no. it. <laughs> A chocolate thunder cake. Woo! That solved it all. Uh, That's true. She did say that. I will say. What does that mean? Is that like a rhyme? Morgan, you know I don't know idioms, okay? <laughs> you know, I wasn't raised on them. Is this an idiom? I wish it was. Um, okay. Well, actually, that's not true because I wish chocolate thunder cake was a thing. It is. I a could. Thing. It is a thing. Oh. Well. I'm just now learning that. Um, so now I this want to is, eat it. This is your version of me getting the ice cream, cake, uh, like the the clown ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> from, from Baskin and Robbins. You're going to go less down. horrifying. <laughs> what, the, what, the clown cake or the clown ice cream? No, 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 no. The cake is much less horrifying than the clown ice cream. Oh, uh, Sparkle, feel free to just uh, scroll up a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, in the chat. Uh, and you'll see some pictures of, like, Santa meat. Um, you'll see some <laughs> pictures of clown ice cream. Uh, mystery. And then a clown ice cream that just says, please kill me. <laughs> wow. There's there's a lot happening here. Yeah. Um, I do remember those. those. I do remember the Baskin-Robbins clown things. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Did you have one? I don't think I went to Baskin-Robbins very much. Um, Damn it. But I, I was aware, like, they look familiar to me. It's just because Morgan's a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morgan's an itty-bitty little baby. Uh, well, it's more so that you didn't necessarily, like, you grew up in, like, really homeschool environment in a town where there was nothing to do. Okay, I grew up in really homeschool environment also. Also, I want chocolate thunder cake now. Maybe she's right. Maybe it does solve everything. Yeah, I'm um, definitely... I'm <laughs> Except I don't really like Heath candy bars, but you could crush something else and put it on top. Yeah, I feel like you could do that with almost any candy. Yes, please I make this for me, want Morgan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm curious to try this as well. I mean, it looks delicious. Right? <laughs> Maybe I'll wow. make cake soon and yeah. have you both over so we can eat cake and talk about Baywatch. Absolutely. And also, <laughs> there are twenty-six replies to this recipe. Let me read to you one. <laughs> W.J. King. Wowie! I made this for Easter dinner as a diabetic. I just had a tiny sliver as I wow. avoid sweets as much as possible. Everyone else raved about this luscious dessert and so easy too. Fabulous! We'll make this again. Even took some leftovers to several neighbors. Well leftovers is the best cake they had ever had. Wait, this is the best part. Thank you for posting. Super moist. <laughs> but why, why, does, why does she put leftovers in parentheses? What does that mean? Even took some parentheses leftovers. <laughs> was yeah, she worried? We would be concerned she took the piece of cake that she was actively eating? <laughs> someone yeah, else. You know, someone don't you else normally said, Mm-hmm. Don't you normally share cake with people by uh, walking up to them with a mouthful of cake and just kind of like spitting it in their face? 
That's not that's my how I COVID, do. yeah. That's not my <laughs> ideal baby bird situation. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of people are saying moist about this. Yeah. A, I'm not a, a person who has the issue with the word moist. I mean, what other word would you use to describe cake that is good? Cake that Damn. is good? Yeah, like cake that is that is moist. What other word would you use? <laughs> what? Nope, that's not better. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> oh, so someone else gave this three stars and says, I made this recipe and it is good, but this is not Thunder Cake. Thunder oh. Cake is a book from children's author Patricio Polacco about a grandmother who claims a little girl's fear of an impending storm, calms the little girl's fear of an impending storm by making Thunder Cake together. Kids like that the chocolate cake has a mystery ingredient, not caramel or toffee, but tomato sauce. Uh, tomato. It's just a moist, good chocolate cake. Uh, what? Yeah, I can see there is, in fact, and there is also the second um, the second uh, recipe for this um, includes includes uh, a third cup tomato pureed sauce. tomatoes. Uh, uh, so here you go. Is that like uh, I don't why? <laughs> Is it supposed to be like she then killed the kids and baked them into the <laughs> cake until you bite into you're like blood. <laughs> Apparently, it, it, it is best, according to the story's lore and my experience, to begin making this cake when a storm is approaching about an hour out. It truly does seem best to taste best when baked under those conditions. <laughs> so, Morgan, what we have learned is that on the next thunderstorm, what's going to happen mm-hmm. is. We're going to make chocolate thunder cake to then sacrifice to the watermelon baby. Yes. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a plan to me. Just be watch references galore. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get us back on track, uh, next up, Hobie's about to leave on his skateboard and Mitch makes him promise not to go to the liquor store, which which he does and then immediately heads to the liquor store. Uh, Even though Mitch has, like, no conversation with him about this in terms of, like, in terms of, like, I know he's going to say he's there because of Heather, which is true. But, like, I might go to the liquor store and, like, watch. I don't know. I mean, I know it's not good for kids to be in liquor stores. I work in drug and alcohol prevention. I do actually know that. But, um, (laughs) like, this doesn't, this looks more like a gas station or something or like a boardwalk shop that happens to sell liquor. I don't know. Right. Uh, but you're forgetting the most important thing it sells, and that is a good time playing Street Fighter <laughs> 2 Championship Edition. <laughs> and there are just some things money can't buy. Time in an arcade cabinet is not one of those things those, those you can buy. Yeah, We're honestly yeah, exactly. not that much money. <laughs> yeah, It costs money for free memories playing mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2 Championship. Do you think that Capcom had like a deal with Baywatch, and that's why they keep saying, I was busy playing Street Fighter 2. Or it's like, you're not the best at Street Fighter 2. Because <laughs> they say it a lot. They really do. I wonder, maybe um, Capcom and Domino's, you know, came together to form a sponsorship agreement for Baywatch. A super pack? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but the difference is Domino's is like, okay, everyone knows what we do. You know, it just like have someone eating some pizza and people will be like, wow, I want some pizza. Right. But mm-hmm. for Capcom, it's like you got to get someone to buy the specific version that is out there on the market. So, like, yeah, you know, this was coming out in October. And by then, like Championship Edition had 
been released to the Super NES and to, uh, um, was it Genesis, I think, at the time? Um, so, you know, they would specifically want to say, buy our new thing, buy Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. So mm-hmm. it is weird to me that they just keep going, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2, buy Street Fighter 2. Because <laughs> uh, that doesn't tell people anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Must have been a bad partnership. I bet. Unless yeah. we start seeing a lot more Street Fighter 2 references. <laughs> I mean, there, there will be. Uh, oh. This episode, I mean. Well. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah. you're as good as promoting Street Fighter 2 as we are as promoting our, our podcast. That Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once he gets to the store, he talks to Heather and invites her to go to the beach, but she is not feeling it. She wants to hang out with her friends instead. Uh, and then, ouch, Hobie. Right. Hobie goes to leave, and Andy and Tony show up, and then they're in a fight. And the fight goes on for a very long time. Well, Heather and Hobie hide, and Garner shows up with the cops to arrest these kids. Um, he, he has a then, whole look, Garner does. Just a whole Oh, look. yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's, hot. it's kind of a hot look. Just tight buns. I mean, I he does the, look like he like wandered out of a porn movie. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I I I kind of want to cast Gregory Allen Williams in like a hump fest movie. You know? Yeah. Mm. See that? Yeah, totally. For people who don't know, hump fest is uh, a large amateur porn festival. Getting less amateur, amateur adult all movie. the time. <laughs> Or what? I said it's getting less amateur all the time. It's not as extreme uh, gotcha. as it used to be, unfortunately. But uh, I, I have gone to that <laughs> so I, thing I, multiple times. I met the um, what's it called? The people who are like who run the festival once um, at a at a party when I was oh. underage, and they said, "Who cares? Just drink this limoncello." Uh, and that's <laughs> when I learned to hate limoncello. Uh, oh. And so I can I can blame porn for that. <laughs> Seems legit. Seems legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also when I met the Duplass brothers in Lynn Shelton, um, but I don't blame them for Limoncello. Oh, I'm so jealous. Did you watch Lynn Shelton's the- movie Hump Day? That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the reason why she brought them with. That makes her, sense. Uh, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Hump Day," and I was like, "Cool." I- I'm 18. What is this? <laughs> it was such a good movie, movie, though. It was such a good movie. I love that movie. <laughs> I, I was a little starstruck. I was just like, well, I'm at a party? Yeah, what? Alcohol <laughs> Mahal? And there's adults? What? I mean, I would for sure be very starstruck meeting Marcy Plus. But <laughs> yeah, I w- yeah. absolutely was. I was like, hey, you're the guy that's going to be in the future in the Mindy Project. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's pre TV, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like pre crime, but but TV, yeah, um, it's like pre cog, but post cog. <laughs> <laughs> this is more of you like willing it into existence, secret style. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I told him that, and then he was like, a few years later, he's like, "There's this young kid named Michael who told me I was going to be on a show called The Mindy Project," and then I met Mindy Kaling, and I was like, "It's destiny." <laughs> Mindy Kaling Mindy t- asked me one question. She said, how many days are there of Hanukkah? And then she posted a picture to Instagram of like 20 candles on a Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. 
Sorry. Ow. This is the thing I hate about Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Mindy Kaling was like, it was like the second or third night of Hanukkah, and she's like, look at this Hanukkah with all the candles lit. And it's a bunch of comments going, why are you doing this for clout? Like, why, why would you do this? This isn't what you're supposed to do. Uh, and then she just posted like another picture that was like, happy Hanukkah. Here's me with some like Jewish stars. And it's like, but, but why? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Midi huh. Kaling's a little. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, let's see. After this, Hobie goes to watch some random skateboarders. Uh, but then Andy shows up and threatens Hobie. Oh, no, no, says, no, no, no. So what you important plot point oh. that so Hobie was there was the fight right and then Hobie grabs Heather and runs away and right. she grabs his hand tightly and to good young Christian boys this is like akin to felching like this is like the, <laughs> like like you know the biggest base you could ever get to One like felching them? yes yeah um and Morgan are you upset that I reference felching on this podcast yes okay um and then she asked for every detail on the fight so hobie mm-hmm. just makes up some general statements that don't really indicate that he saw anything yep or did anything but whatever this is a badly written tv also can we uh, for a second pause and talk about the person who filmed this fight did they not know how were they a child that were handed a camera <laughs> had they never seen a movie or show before i was just like why is this entire fist fight close-ups on these two boys faces <laughs> because you i feel like you they had to show as little as possible as of actual kids fighting <laughs> I mean, they're like scuffling and pushing each other back and forth a little bit. It's not even, no one even actually lands a punch hardly. Like, it doesn't make hardly. any sense. <laughs> Land, uh, lands a punch. Yeah, I'm so sure hardly. that Baywatch is deeply concerned about the moral <laughs> <laughs> value I mean, of they, America's youth. Look, wi- women don't matter, but kids, <laughs> they do matter. <laughs> women are um, objects for men to hoggle. <laughs> Kids are the product <laughs> of our own virtues and sins, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can't have this sin be shown on our television. It just didn't make uh, any sense. It felt like it was cut weird. I didn't understand what was happening. Yes. Anyway, go on. I agree. Uh, but I, yes, we should have more violent kid fights in Baywatch is what I'm hearing here. And I, you know, I agree. You know, I just, I just yeah. think everywhere. I, I definitely am going to come out <laughs> on the side of violent children. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of violence, Hobie in the next scene skates past a store that's just called Socks and Things. <laughs> I want to go there. That's it. All right. And then, then he sees you. <laughs> It seems to incredibly adult men skateboarding, which I mean, yes. saying adult men don't skateboard, but it just seemed like they were maybe not supposed to be as adult as they clearly yes. were. Uh- <laughs> I mean, this is Venice Beach. I feel like they can do anything involving a skateboard and it's fine. Sure. <laughs> is that is that the law of Venice Beach? I've always wondered what it was. I mean, the law of Venice Beach is that like everybody in the 90s and 80s and 70s was like, that's where people go to do counterculture things like skateboarding and fire eating and juggling and <laughs> playing the harmonica badly. Uh, there's an episode <laughs> of Freakazoid where uh, there's the Cthulhu monster guy 
and he mm. goes to Venice Beach and he just blends in because everyone's like, yeah, Cthulhu would be here. <laughs> God, I do love Freakazoid. What a good show. I don't think I've ever not seen Not the first time we've said that. Uh, it's a great show. That'll that'll be the one cartoon I'll be able to introduce you to, Sparkle. <laughs> I'm sure I mean, there's I, more. I have the whole thing on DVD, so I can, oh. I can bring so it over. When I mean, you I two bring- come over to watch uh, the deleted footage and behind-the-scenes footage of Cool Cat, we can also watch some Freakazoid while we yeah. eat chocolate thunder cake. I mean, yeah. There was something else <laughs> we were going to watch on DVD as well. Uh, and I can't remember what it You bought... Oh, because you bought... Uh, the Neil Breen stuff, right? No, okay. I, it was the it was the Cool Cat DVDs that oh, has the, the Cool Cat DVDs. Yeah, yeah, it has all the behind the heat behind the scenes and unedited footage. Yeah, so I was uh, a bad influence in this case. <laughs> fun fact: I think I I told you about this Morgan game when mm-hmm. they saw Space Jam Two last week. Or uh, oh um, no, why? <laughs> why did you because, do that? Because I was curious. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. And it's not that bad. Uh, oh, oh no, bad. you're in, you're incorrect. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad, but it's mostly just like lazy. Like I've seen so many worse films than it that are not competent in terms of like having plot point to plot point. Yeah, Space Jam 2's plot points are bad, but it's at least like able to like string them together. And yeah, the CGI I've seen better in the 2015 SpongeBob movie, but <laughs> I, I think you're fundamentally missing what is terrible about that movie. The problem is not that it is functionally bad, although it's not functionally great. Um, it is that it is the most soulless piece of art I have ever seen in my life, and I was so depressed seen, when it ended, I wanted to die. <laughs> I've seen more soulless, though. I've seen Food Fight. <laughs> I've, I, I I've just, oh god you know like I've seen so many other movies that make that look better by comparison but I've seen like popular movies that like hit the theaters that are supposed to be summer blockbusters that have less heart than Space Jam 2 because at least Space Jam 2 at times is like trying to appeal to an, it's badly trying to appeal to a, a nostalgia and like you know does not hit the mark but at least it's trying to have a heart to things, and at least it's I like, don't oh think man, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Agree? I just disagree. truly cannot disagree with you more. I think the moment in which they showed the fucking Looney Tunes in Casablanca, my soul died, and oh, yeah, I never died recovered. Um, I truly, like, I'm not even like I was literally depressed for, like, 24 hours after I watched that movie. It had, like, a fundamental, like, it. it is one of the only movies I've watched in my life where I was like, I wish I hadn't watched that. I shouldn't have done that. That was a dumb thing to do. Yeah, I feel like I, I've seen The Room, like, 35 times, and I can still acknowledge that that is, like, 50 times worse than Space Jam 2. Um, Absolutely not. I would watch The Room a hundred times rather than watch another ten minutes of Space Jam well, 2 at any point in my life. It's worse and therefore better, uh, I feel like. It's like has so many more things that you're just like, why the fuck would someone do that if you're making a movie and it makes you laugh? As opposed to Space Jam 2 where it's like it hits these bad points that you're just like, well, that that's just dumb and that sucks. And like, that's lazy. Where Space... 
The room isn't necessarily lazy. It's very no. The much... room is the room is very high effort. <laughs> the yeah. effort is just applied in very stupid places. Yeah. Same, same way in like Cool Cat is like at times very high effort that you like bothered to do this. I gave Cool like, Cat four out of five stars, and I have no remorse. <laughs> cool Cat is I love Cool Cat, but it's legitimately the worst movie I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, but it is not the most depressing movie I have ever seen in my life. That is Space Jam Two. I've seen Schindler's List. It can't be the most depressing. I've seen Requiem no Schindler's <laughs> List is on more. A date. Schindler's List and Requiem for a Dream, although I'm not a big fan of Requiem, but I think it's the worst Aronofsky movie. But Schindler's List and Requiem for a Dream are more human, which by nature makes them less depressing. I mean, yeah, because they don't have Looney Tunes in them. That yeah. is, so yeah, that there's is more one human. reason. Unless you count Jews as not humans, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's um, I just... Out- the secret Nazi part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to propose um, the movie uh, Schindler's Looney Tunes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although honestly, after wa- after fucking watching after watching Space Jam two, I'm surprised they didn't try to put Bugs Bunny in Schindler's List. Probably was the wrong right? material, Morgan. but that's what it felt like. New idea. <laughs> New idea. Okay. New TV show. Okay. The WB. Schindler right. and the Brain. all right i mean i don't know what it is but i would watch it so i mean (laughs) as long as it has maria slamarche voicing the brain Mm -hmm. i'm in sure oscar schindler is there too it's a little odd but hey the brain is there and i'm sure this isn't gonna age badly not at all especially since you know how like so freakazoid and pinky in the brain uh, when Steven Spielberg was executive producing them, he was making Schindler's List. So on his lunch break, oh, all in to the set on his lunch break on Schindler's List to hear what's going on in the wacky world of Freakazoid and Pinky in the Brain <laughs> and offer story script revisions. That is amazing. Wow. It's buck wild. Yes. Let's see. Next up, uh, Summer just can't stop watching Slade surf. Uh, and then she gets mad, so she blackballs the surfers because she's mad at Slade, and he's mad about that. And then she confronts him about thinking that it was a date, and he laughs, and she's like, what, it's so funny that you would go on a date with me? And then he says some very, uh, very well-acted dialogue, kind of like this. Oh, and thought it was a date? <laughs> uh, and then he jumps off her tower and leaves and that's the scene <laughs> um, after that uh, Hobie's sitting in headquarters and Mitch is about to talk to him and Garner shows up and asks Hobie about the fight whoa 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 we skipped the important plot point of oh. how Hobie's walking under the pier and then he sees Tony the other kid so he saw Andy when he was skateboarding who told him tell the police uh, and now Tony is saying, tell the police, because Heather told that's, Tony. That's much later. No, that's right before the aquarium. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of the second scene. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So Tony tries to get Hobie to talk to the police about what happened. And Hobie says, just have your friends say something. They were there. And this is where, like, the, I mean, one of the points where the plot falls apart, because, yeah, Everybody was there and basically saw what was happening. Right, but yeah. only Hobie. Never, 
Kobe has <laughs> yeah. never actually said, yeah, I know why this started. So he just said, yeah, I saw some things. The guy was mad. Yada, yada. So, like, everyone's a fucking idiot here. Well, but clearly, clearly this is peer pressure. So, you know, that's how. That's is what peer that pressure what is. this no, is? <laughs> um, God, there. I know you mentioned it earlier, Sparkle, but there truly just is not any peer pressure in this episode. Nope. Peer pressure. Nope. Um, and it's infuriating. Because no, this is pressure underneath a peer, not yeah. peer to peer pressure, isn't you know, mm-hmm. like, But I, do, I don't think that's what the me- I don't think that's what the meaningful conversation between Hobie and uh, Mitch at the end was supposed to be about. So <laughs> yeah, you see, they misspelled it in the subtitles. He was saying, "Yeah, that's that's when you go under a pier and it's mm. a lot of water, and so it's peer pressure." It is true that Morgan's yeah. version did not have subtitles, and I was very sad about that. So maybe that is true. I'm it's, willing to accept this reboot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, after after we see the aquarium. Uh, and Hobie looking through the aquarium. Mitch is about to talk to Hobie about what's going on when Garner shows up and wants to talk to Hobie about the fight. And Hobie says he doesn't know anything about it. And so Garner leaves. And then Mitch is like, you sure you don't know anything? And Hobie runs off and he's like, fuck you, dad. I don't know shit about a fight. I'm Why does everyone bitch. expect me to know things? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, what a good line. <laughs> Truly, I just wanted to grab a screen cap of that with subtitles <laughs> because, ah, oh, what a mood. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but then we get a montage of summer and also the beach. Uh, so long. So incredibly long. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, did I assume you had an original song in uh, in this remaster here? Yeah, so in the a very original version, uh, mm-hmm. broadcast version, it was One Summer by Daryl Braithwaite, who they like to do a lot of Daryl Braithwaite songs in this show, apparently. Um, but we get Days of Sunshine by Sumi Creative. Uh, I looked up Sumi Creative. Sumi Creative is a registered trademark of an artist, but not a music artist. So I don't know who the fuck this is. Because if hmm. you go to the Sumi Creative <laughs> website, you're like, wow, that's some real Dan Flash's shit. <laughs> on this site. But then you look, you keep looking, and there's a band camp for someone named Sumi who is a like instrumental pianist. So that's not hmm. this. Uh, so I have no clue who this is. But what I do have are lyrics. And Sparkle, please, if you would. Oh, goody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. All in caps. Okay. Um, you get what you get. You get, what you get. All right. <laughs> I had nothing to do last night thinking about my life, <laughs> thinking about the good times Darn. and how we survived. Wow. <laughs> it's been many a year since then, but I still remember when. How I wish that I could go back there once again. I'm looking back and longing for days of sunshine and ocean breezes. The, those memories remain days of summer sun and golden beaches. Living on in a picture frame, days of sunshine and open breezes, I will remember all my life. Now I'm living my life today, trying to make it pay. (laughs) Holding on to memories of yesterday. I'm looking back and longing for days of sunshine and ocean breezes. Those memories remain days of summer sun and golden beaches. 
Living on in a picture frame, days of sunshine <laughs> and ocean breezes. I want to live those days again. Days of summer, sun, and golden beaches. I will remember days of sunshine and golden and ocean breezes. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> memories, you gotta do the last two lines. Oh, fine. Those memories remain. Days of summer, sun, and golden beaches. Living on in a picture frame. Days of sunshine and ocean breezes. I don't understand why we are doing a song that is nostalgically thinking about time on the beach over a bunch of people on the beach? Yes. I understand <laughs> why they had nothing to do last night thinking about their life, thinking about the good times, and then they survived. <laughs> what? That does sound pretty dramatic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not as bad as the song about wanting to fuck your brother. The two this songs is true. about wanting to fuck your brother. Yes. But, uh, this is bad. <laughs> yes. It, it is not great. <laughs> no. no. Uh, I would pick this over fucking your brother. Uh, <laughs> good <laughs> You're yeah i mean same same uh yeah uh sorry morgan does your brother listen to this podcast i don't think so okay so he he wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, are we song- talking about you fucking our brothers or about people <laughs> i don't have one oh, i don't so- know I mean, the song in question, um, since you have not heard the episode, the two songs in general, but the first one especially, it's a very romantic song that makes it very clear that they're being very flirty, and then it explicitly says that the person the singer is talking about is their brother, um, and then just goes right back to being very flirty teenage love song, um, and it's deeply upsetting. Okay. In fact, in fact... uh, Oh, do you have the lyrics? I I have the lyrics to everything, yeah. (laughs) Okay, let me just read the song lyrics really quickly. Okay. (laughs) I remember the days, and it never got old. You'd take 40-minute showers till the water ran cold. Playing catch in the street till the sun went down. We came out together, and we'll never stop now. I can count on you all the years we've been through. Driving me to high school, running through red lights. We were always late, couldn't help but fight. Put the sunroof down and the wind in our hair. Having you as a brother in this life we share. I can count on you all the years we've been through. Now, I look at all that has come our way. Got two kids of our own. The time slips away. Sorry, but... Our boys will be as old as us. It goes on and on and on and on. Oh, I can count on you. Uh, and then the second song... <laughs> Oh, you have you have objections to the to the sister saying that her and her brother have two kids of their own. And they, they, no, they, no, this yeah. is supposed. To be, yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be Mitch singing to his brother. Yeah, right? I guess weird. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what makes one, it weird. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sun is shining high again. I'm with my brother. I'm with my friend. I don't have to play pretend. To love the way I feel. And as the sun begins to set behind that shore, my heart is full of joy. I can't hide it anymore. I'm right where I want to be. Back to making memories the way it was. Just you and me. As we, When we both agreed, we're better as a team. And then it just keeps on repeating that. Uh, so yeah, there's some, some pr- kind of horny songs about wanting to fuck your brother. Yeah. Baywatch is a is a good show. <laughs> like it. Speaking of good shows, um, yeah, let's uh, let's finish out this montage, which is that the two high schoolers from earlier are putting tequila in their drinks, and Summer sees this and tells them, "You can't drink on the beach. Plus, you're underage." 
And they're like, fuck you. We're going to keep drinking. What are you going to do? And she's like, well, fine. At least just don't go in the water. Well, so they specifically say, fuck you. What are you going to do? Also, we're going to make your life a living hell if you do anything. I suppose this could kind of be peer pressure. It's that she was pressured to not do her job. Because of the kids? I no, no, we don't understand. So Hobie had peer pressure because he wanted to impress Heather, and therefore someone he pretended told him, you gotta do it, you gotta fucking die. Um, <laughs> and that's the peer pressure. I don't mm. that's correct. It was <laughs> one on his shoulder as a little mm. devil going... Yo, fuck you, Jeremy Jackson. Better do this. Uh, and he's like, wow, Brandon Call. Is that really you? And he goes, yeah, you better fucking shoot the peer. And he goes, okay, peer pressure. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then the high school girls uh, lean on a bunch of uh, boys well, and, and they're first, like. First, we have the important, mm-hmm. important episode line. Oh, yes. Uh, which they reference, which is the day you have to pull me out of the water is the day the ocean freezes over. Because she this because, right after talking about how rich she is. Right. And mm-hmm. she lives next to water. And we all know that no one who even is a good swimmer or has anything like that has ever drowned or. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whatsoever with water. So that's right. never happened. <laughs> the um, show is just all about saving um, old people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And children. <laughs> it did start out saving a child, so, you know. That's true. It's really, when you think about it, though, it's about saving minds. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, saving us from having to do this anymore. Am I, oh, what am I talking about? I love this show. Yeah, we have so many more years of this. Um, <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Hobie is under the pier fix an escape board with his friend and his friend's like, hey, Heather's coming over. So Hobie goes, oh, hi, Heather, you want to come over? Oh, his and voice don't forget like, he tosses his hair first, though. That was a good Oh, yes. Hair. Uh, Morgan, could you please say this line here? Oh, no. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah. Uh, so then Slate said I'm a much better surfer than he was at my age. <laughs> yeah. And then he says this one, which is <laughs> Heather, do you want to build a sand castle with us? <laughs> I like that you're like doing drunk child. <laughs> I was trying to go for voice cracking child, but it's been, you know, almost I'm, a decade I have too since much I hit puberty, puberty so. to do it. Uh, <laughs> my quantity of puberty is too high. <laughs> and then Heather sells him out to a sociopath. It's essentially yes. what <laughs> Heather did lose a bit of my support in the because uh, she's like, hey, Tony wants to talk to you. And if you don't go talk to him at the spot under the pier where the homeless sleep, he's going to come to your house. And that's a fucking wild, wild. Oh, he's going to go to Hobie's house? I thought he was going to go to Heather's house. No, he was going to go to Hobie's way house. That makes way more sense. <laughs> she yeah. was threatening Hobie up there. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Hobie was like, I'll defend you, Heather. No. Ah. No. No. Okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then um, he goes to the spot and it's like mm-hmm. the beginning of a saw movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, 
First up, we've got a scene where uh, turns out Summer, in fact, sees the high schoolers drowning because there's a riptide and she calls it in. And then there's a very long rescue scene uh, where she ends up pulling in Elizabeth Berkeley uh, and she has her almost onto the beach and out of the water when Mitch shows up in his truck and pushes both the lifeguards aside and says, let me do it, and picks up Elizabeth Berkeley and carries her, like, three feet. And then uh, kisses and her back to life? Like, nothing yes. that he did was, was CPR. I mean, I imagine that was maybe cool for, uh, could have been cool for Elizabeth Berkeley at the time, I guess. Since yeah. It was such yeah. a... Such a stud. Um, the first guest who's ever tried to make a positive out of this. I just, I just, I have, I like kids. Um, but like, <laughs> you like what? I, I enjoy teenage storylines and pretty much anything. So I was trying sure, to think of too. a way that it would not be, I mean, like, it's weird no matter what. I was just thinking yeah. that, like, maybe it would be nerve wracking or cool or just nerve wracking. Like, what would it be like to be like a 19 year old girl and, like, you get this person who is like a sex whatever um who's like 20 years older than you be hot be hot as shit i think i I don't know i don't know if it would be but it might it would i imagine you would have feelings about it though (laughs) it would be a good party story for the rest of your life if nothing else that's true anyway yeah he just kind of like he doesn't even tilt her head back he just kind of like blows there (laughs) normally i think this might be some of the worst cpr we've seen on baywatch like normally it's Normally it's not good, but it's not this bad. Nope. Um, yeah. But yeah, eventually she coughs up some water and now she's awake after Mitch like lightly kissed her a few times. And then she tries um, to blame it on Summer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about the scene is uh, Jimmy Slade pulls a regular uh, like from Happy Gilmore where Shooter McGavin goes, yeah, and Grizzly Adams had a beard. And the guy goes, Grizzly Adams did have a beard where... Uh, uh, Summers, uh, they're like, well, you, yeah, 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 you, this is the liar who said they had a date. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Slade goes, I did have a date with her, and she did say don't drink. And yeah, like, and Jimmy is like really proud of himself, like, wow, you really acted that one. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> like, Specifically, his did... line is, uh, we did have a date, but I blew it. Yes. Which, what? <laughs> Was not what happened. Was not what happened. But also, feel better. Like, yeah, he's trying to make her feel better. But also, like, okay, so she did tell her not to drink, but like, that's not her job, right? Like, she did have to cite them. She probably would get fired, right? Like, I yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She should be fired for this. Yes. New to the job, and she didn't do this. This is the second time in two days someone has almost died because of her. Yeah. And earlier she was mad at Slade, so she shut the beach down for surfers early. Yes. Like, well, I mean, look, Eddie did shit that was way more petty than that. I feel. Oh, sure. And he was also bad at his job. He was he was good at saving people, but he wasn't That's good true. at any other part of the job. No. Like literally no other part. Shawnee was good at every single part of the job. Mm-hmm. Except she was also pe- everybody on the show is kind of petty except for like yeah like a little bit Craig was maybe the no well yeah maybe Craig was like the only non-petty person actually maybe Court technically wasn't petty he was just a douchebag mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, there's a lot of petty people on the show which there really is my hope is that Pamela Anderson is not petty yeah I hope so but now 
the most um, Sparkle has been waiting for. Hobie goes yes. to the place. <laughs> I literally started shrieking with this. Thing. I was like, what is yes. happening? <laughs> yeah, so Hobie goes to meet Tony, uh, who threatens Hobie and says, unless you say that Andy started it, I'm going to put you in a hole in the sand underneath a wire mattress where I've already trapped a kid. Um, that's Andy, yeah, that's, right? Like he already... Isn't it Andy oh. that's under there? I think it is. But why? That would make what? sense. How does yes. that make sense? What part of what? that makes this make more sense? <laughs> <laughs> he already trapped Andy under a fucking mattress thing. But why not just oh. make Andy or whatever? Why not just make that child tell the police that he's the one who started it? Why right? are you dragging in this child? And what is he going to do to him under the mattress? Is he going to eat I, him? But I'm pretty sure it was a person eater. (laughs) All people named Andy eat people. Oh, yeah. Andy Circus, Andy Milonakis, maybe not Andy Sandberg, but definitely those first two eat human. (laughs) Good to know. It was such a confusing scene. It was so dark and like so fucked up without a clear understanding of what the stakes were. But it felt like the stakes were much higher than they should be. Oh, yeah. No, it straight up felt like a saw trap. <laughs> like, yeah, it was wild. I didn't I didn't get like the point of like that trap. Like, how does he end up in a hole with the right. wire mattress on it? Which also I couldn't tell it was that at first. I was like, is that a bunch of barbed wire? Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought, too. <laughs> And then I was like, is he in a cage? Right. And, he just and then after out a, a bit, when, and they're just like, oh, he's just in a ditch. And there's yeah. like a wood. And then he just pushes up on he it. He just pushes up on it and runs away. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I did, but he throws yeah. Hobie on top of it, so I'm glad it wasn't razor wire. But like. Yeah. I, I just. Still scuffs you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I imagine it wouldn't feel fucking good. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what was happening or who made the decision to. And so, this child's going to murder someone. We have to. <laughs> I have oh, a lot more yeah. concerns than the fist fight that he had. <laughs> See, the thing is, having watched enough Baywatch, I feel like I absolutely know who made the decision. Uh, and I feel like Morgan does, too, because it's the people who make this show. Fucking Doug Schwartz. That and Michael guy, Burke. They, and St. Gregory Bonin. But it's probably mm-hmm. Burke and Schwartz who are just like, yeah, oh, God, totally. yeah. let's do this. Like, at this point, I feel like we've just picked up on the character of these two writers, of these two showrunners. <laughs> like, yeah, this seems like a thing they would do. Oh, for sure. It was yeah. just so confusing. It was so weird. But then once Hobie is on top of the fucking saw trap, he manages to distract Tony for like a second. And How? How? Oh, what the fuck does he do? He, I forget he throw, now. He throws sand at Pocket it. Pocket sand. Well, no, no, no. So he, he does something to distract him long enough to throw pocket sand at him. Oh. Okay. I think yeah. he, like, gets the drop on him. Uh, but, yeah, he I throws think, pocket he sand at Tony. He takes his hand, and then he just goes, wah! Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought there was some little play he made before that. I don't but, think yeah, so. Yeah. Pocket sand <laughs> Maybe is not. a distraction. <laughs> you don't need another distraction. <laughs> True. Pocket sand. Um, but after after Hobie uses pocket sand, and it was very effective... Uh, he runs away, and then the kid in the pit with the mattress over him just, like, casually moves the mat- mattress aside and walks away. Uh, and then we get a skateboard chase scene. Oh, my God. This scene sucks so much. It's very yeah. bad. Yeah. It's so it's long. It's very it's long. so anticlimactic. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so slow, too. Um, it's very funny at that point because they're just like, OK, like, I don't know what you call it when you're just like, you know, you, you run your 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 foot, you know, to keep going faster. <laughs> right. Whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're just doing that over and over while Hobie looks back. And I'm like, is he going to run into someone? That was, yeah. Nope. nope. He just keeps going. And they they show us like four different. It looks like four completely different locations um, (laughs) (laughs) of them just going over and over and no one's gaining any distance. And then it just ends because Garner and Mitch catch up in a car. Well, specifically it ends because Hobie just stops and the other two people skate by him and then see Mitch and Garner and just decide to keep going. (laughs) And then Garner chases after them in the car. Yes, yes. Um, but then Hobie apologizes for not listening to Mitch and says that he lied about seeing the fight and he didn't actually. Um, and then and then he says, why do we do he says, why do we do stuff that we know is the dumb thing to do or whatever? Uh, mm-hmm. And then Mitch says, probably peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Get we also it? learn from Summer and Jackie. Jackie says, remember about high school is not how many f- friends you make. It, it's friends to keep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also that. Yeah. And then Mitch and Hobie uh, just literally sit down and spell out the lesson of the episode. Uh, and then Mitch says, you better enjoy this boogie boarding because it's the last one you'll do for a month. And then the episode ends. They run into so. the ocean together. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the episode. So mm-hmm. uh, before we go into uh, talking about our ratings... Mm-hmm. I would like to read to you uh, some IMDb ratings. So for once, Morgan, <laughs> the sand crabs agree with each other. Ooh. And both are oddly mean. Huh. Um, so, but before we do the sand crabs, let's talk about Bombers Fly Up, who simply says, the epic Hobie story, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, Nicole Eggert's quite nice. And that's a <laughs> That's two stars. And then the, both the sand crabs give it two stars. Wow. Now, 277, I think, is the nice one. 722 is the meme. I can't. Keep <coughs> God, I have no idea. But 722. So, for you, Sparkle, there's two separate people on INDB named Sand Crab and then a s- string of numbers who review Baywatch <laughs> years apart from each other. Uh, <laughs> Specifically. What, Specifically, one of them is Sandcrab277, and the other one is Sandcrab722. Yes. Maybe it's the and same person who's people. just doing no. a rewatch later. No. No? Okay. No, because they have very different opinions on episodes. But maybe their opinions change. Okay, they're talking. Well, yeah. Well, okay, so so se- listen to the way they talk. So 722 says, Elizabeth Berkeley is hot AF, but the script is a hot diaper mess. Hobie's <laughs> peer plans, it appears... P-I-E-R-S, plan his brutal murder under the pier. Summer has a boyfriend now, I think. Who knows? Summer's mom is tall, not helpful. Soaring in the stratosphere too high for the naked eye, the thunderous thespian talents of, well, he's a pretty good surfer. Watch. Maybe you'll think it's funny. Okay. So now 277 says, Elizabeth Berkeley shows what a real snot she is which became her famous mainstay in such a crappy career. 
I find her throw up worthy in everything she does. Jesus Christ. This episode, I know, right? This episode also has Hobie, who was a junior lifeguard, seemingly drowning under the pier so his father can rescue him. This is one of those bogus rescues. Anyone that seriously thinks California has great surfing is living on another planet. That's the original one, because that's the guy <laughs> talked about in the, in the pilot episode who's like, everyone knows Hawaii is better surfing than California. <laughs> So I I thought like 722 was a parody, but no, 722 is clearly saying similar things, but very differently. Uh, <laughs> they can't be the same person. Maybe they it's just, just like performance art of some kind. I, I would like to be so. I want to meet both of them and then unmeet both of them. <laughs> um, but let's talk about our rating. So on a scale of one to 10, where one is discovering that love is dead, and kind of discovering that you have a gold prospecting 49-year uncle who left you a gold boot in his will. Uh, Sparkle, how would you rate this episode? Okay, first I want to make one Space Jam 2. But um, I... <laughs> You're wrong. I'm not, I'm not wrong. I am correct. Space Jam 2 is like a two or a three. I will die on the cell. Um, okay. <laughs> Wow, that's me. That is. Yeah, wait. That really do, you, do I still want to eat thunder cake with you, Michael? I hope so, because I apologize for that. Um, I guess I would give it either a three or a four. I thought Hobie was really cute, and I was mostly uh, he is cute. mostly engaged. I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> what would you say a four is? <laughs> what is the experience of a four? Um, like, like the stuff that that I I'm not gonna have a clever one, but like this. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's cute that I, you think that if I take my time, I'll have a clever one. Um, <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's just it like four in this instance to me is like okay, like the stuff that was cute, I really enjoyed, and it's probably the stuff that I'll remember. Um, and the rest of it, like, basically, I'm going to remember five minutes of this episode, but the five minutes that I remember is like, oh, yeah, that was cute. <laughs> and then I'm going to have a vague memory of like, and then there was all that other stuff. And also, did I hallucinate a saw sequence? So like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, oh, that's fair. That's where I'm at. <laughs> um, I think personally, I'm actually going to go a little higher and I'm going to give this episode a six. Um, I think by Baywatch standards, it wasn't racist and wasn't uh, especially sexist. So that bumps it up a couple points immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, God, <laughs> season two, season two broke me. Yeah, season two. Season really two bad. is unwatchable at times. They oh, my God, they do a whole two parter about how Shawnee, the white woman, needs to go in and save all the black people from themselves in the hood. Um, and that's how they start the season, is a two-parter about that. It gets that. worse. Wow. And it gets so much worse. It, it hits um, a high, high, but it also has a lot of lows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, this was this was a perfectly pleasant episode. I Normally, I would have gone a five, but... Um, the two things that bump it up to a six for me are Hobie saying, why am I always expected to know things? <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> and also the inexplicable saw sequence in the middle of this episode. Um, so I am going to the what say sequence? the saw sequence. 
with the kid trapped under what looked like oh, fucking barbed like, wire. But I was thinking, like, in the middle of the episode. That's the end <laughs> I mean, of the episode. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that a six is the experience of getting to escape from a saw trap that um, is not nearly as dangerous as you originally thought that it would be. Because it is kind of still terrifying that you're trapped in a saw trap, but also you get to solve a cool puzzle, which in this case means waiting for a kid to show up and throw sand in someone's eyes, and then you can just casually move the mattress spring away. It's the ideal um, way to solve any puzzle. <laughs> absolutely. Wait for someone else to show up and throw something and then just run away. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's how I solve all of my jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael, how about you? What's your rating? Uh, I'm gonna give it a five. I think it was a pretty average episode. Um, as you said, it wasn't racist. It wasn't offensive. Mm-hmm. It was just I watched it. I was like, okay. Like I, I, I don't know. It, it just I, I, I probably won't remember this episode. Nope. Um, it's gonna make me want to play Street Fighter. Sure. Uh, but not Street Fighter Two Championship Edition because I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I think it's slow. I'd rather play Turbo or Street Fighter yeah. Three. Actually, I, I own the Street Fighter Five. I think so. I should just play that instead. Um, but also, Street Fighter kind of sucks in my opinion compared to like some other fighting games. So I don't even want to play Street Fighter. Uh, Who's a so real journey? I, <laughs> it's a real journey, yeah. Um, I would say a five is the experience of illegally pirating the upcoming Evander Holyfield fight. Which, one, why the fuck is Evander Holyfield still fighting? Two, the special guest commentary. But which I mean, they're actually going to be on commentary talking over this for a fight. Scheduled on September 11th <laughs> is Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. Why? <laughs> I have no clue, but they are advertising it as the former president commenting Ugh. on a boxing fight on September 11th. <laughs> I'm uh, guessing it's wow. because I'm guessing it's because Donald Trump Jr. was like, "Daddy, please speak to me. You haven't spoken to me in 20 years." Yeah, yeah, like that's why I <laughs> I, I sent this to John, and John said, this is how I know it's fate, because Don Trump Jr. won't talk to his dad. <laughs> Actually, it's the reverse. Donald Trump won't ever talk to his yeah, own son. Yeah, that's and I was like, that's, that's completely fair. Uh, but it's still... Here, wait, I'm going to find for you uh, the picture of this, uh, just because okay. I need you to share in the pain that I feel. Uh, oh, I sent it... Okay, wait. Here we go. One sec. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> your okay, no, I immediately found it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Thriller Fight presents live alternative no holds barred commentary from Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. to offer their perspective on the big Holyfield Belfort boxing pay per view. Uh, and wow. it's just that picture of him in the middle. And it's just like full live in-person commentary by President Trump on September 11th. I look at this and I'm like, no wonder this tweet has nine likes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Uh, so the idea of pirating that, it, it's a perfectly average rating because on one hand, I'm like, I, I kind of want to see 
what horrible bullshit Donald Trump has to say so I can be angry about it. Uh, but I also don't want to because he's a horrible person. But I'll I would pirate it so therefore I wouldn't feel like I'm supporting them financially uh, in any way. In fact, I wouldn't even talk about it on social media. So I wouldn't be contributing to the zeitgeist of it either. I would just have it for myself and the funnies, you know. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's that. It's like a perfectly average, you know, uh, end result. I probably won't watch it. So, yeah, I, I don't know, but that's a five. So, um, Morgan, would you like to hear about our next episode? Yes, please. Okay. Um, well, now I have to find it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you could have predicted this. <laughs> no, so part of the problem is, is I remember to look all these up on IMDb, but I don't always have the next episode queued on the Baywatch wiki. So mm. I always have to like then go to the Baywatch wiki and then visit that episode. Um, it's because there's not a lot of information there. Uh, there is. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, oh, Oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting picture. Um, <laughs> this is our little preview picture for next episode. <laughs> huh. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. The Baywatch wiki description is, The love strings between Courtney, played by Elizabeth Berkley, Slade and Summer are pulled tight. CJ accepts <laughs> a position at Malibu Beach High. And Garner tires of work. Um, and then the official IMDb description. I just, I just want to before we move on, the the love strings are pulled tight. So, I don't like that. It, yeah, no, don't what love part that. Don't like what part? Don't I, like. I don't the like the, the phrase the tight. I don't like the phrase love strings, and I don't like them being pulled tight. Well, I don't like thing. anything about it. If you don't like that, I I'm. Unfortunately, going to have to read to you this INDB description, which is going to make you not like it way more. Great. As I've told you this episode, this is like the dip, and then it's going to come back up after this, but this is absolutely the dip. All uh, right. During the first week of school at Malibu Beach High, and here's the part you're going to hate, trouble only troubles only begin when a Native American student and Matt's old friend, Bear Stutter, Protest the sale of sacred oh, no. Indian land near the beach. This is oh. exactly what they just said. Uh, oh, this is going to be bad. I'm reading this verbatim. Meanwhile, Summer feels jealousy after Slate is pursued by the snobbish Courtney Bremer, who also wants to be a sponsor for a surfing career, and Matt is drawn into the party crowd, while Slade deals with <laughs> surfing and a visit from his estranged, domineering Marine father. Also, CJ gets a part-time job as a volleyball coach at Malibu High. Elsewhere... Garner gets a desk job at the police station downtown to get away from all the troubles of riding his ATV at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do think is funny. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be... Oh, oh boy. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, yep. I'm i not going to enjoy it. And again, this was like their pilot attempt at getting, you know, a new show. Sure. I can believe it started. didn't work. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know, right? And um, also, fun fact, this is, so, this episode, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the season, one of the hillbilly, like, the, the guys with the uh, with the harpoon, he just gets recast as Slade's dad. 
<laughs> so that part's that sweet. Part's, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Sparkle, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a delight to have you, and I am sorry for making you both watch about watch an episode of Baywatch and then talk about it for two hours. I don't feel uh, like but, you're that sorry, thank you. honestly. <laughs> Why no, would you I mean, apologize to me. <laughs> we came up with this. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Michael, I have an important question for you that has nothing to do with Baywatch. Yeah, sure, go for it. Okay, um, what's your favorite Real Housewives? Because <laughs> Morgan, my... Morgan says you like the Real Housewives, or you like reality te- television. Do you have a favorite? Real I like reality television, but I don't know if I really like the Real Housewives oh, that much. That's a shame. Okay, I think it's. Atlanta is my favorite one. I just started watching it. My friends and I have started watching a lot of reality television during the last year. And uh, we started our first Real Housewives. We started with the Real Housewives of Potomac. And I'm kind of obsessed with it. Um, (laughs) I mean, do you want to be reality TV show buddies? (laughs) I mean, I do believe that the only way to watch reality TV show is with other people. I don't understand watching reality television by myself because then I'm just sad that I have no one to talk to about it. I mean, that's yes, that is sad (laughs) (laughs) at times. Uh, And this is part of my bachelor addiction. Um, I have never watched an episode of The Bachelor. Oh, well, you know what? We should change that Uh, (laughs) because you start off with The Bachelor. It hits the high highs of like, who are these fucking geeks? And then you start to be like, man, that geek is kind of adorable. I kind of like that geek. Ah, oh, that geek is kind of woke. And you're like, fuck that geek. He's not actually woke. She's not actually woke. And then you're like, oh, no, that one. They were silent the whole time. They're actually woke. They broke my heart. And it's kind of just like this never ending like series of emotions uh, for people. Yeah, that that sounds met. right. That sounds right. Yeah. I'm currently, Allison and Mona and I are currently watching uh, F-Boy Island, which is one of the worst reality television shows I have yet seen. Not just in like terms of the people, although they are very bad, um, but in terms of that, I feel because like no one fucking effectively edited it, which seems like your one main job. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan and I recently tried to watch a reality show that was very bad. Which one? Uh, Sexy was... Beasts. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched that one. It's not it's, good. It's real bad because they squeeze three dating rounds into one 30-minute episode oh. and resolve the entire thing in one 30-minute episode. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah no. If it, It's just like, it's not that it's so bad that it's good. It's just like... It's, it's just really boring. I mean, you yeah, it's can, definitely boring. You can squeeze that because, like, my favorite Netflix reality show so far, like, by like, there's several I've liked, but my favorite one was Dating Around, which does have, which is very good. And I mean, it's you know, it's very good. The bar is it as good as The Circle, though. It's different. I I have I've I, still I, only I, watched the first season of The Circle. Uh, um, season two to, is so good. I still haven't gotten to the second season because I've had no one to watch it with. So, <laughs> watch so this. season three just dropped. So, oh no! Well, I'm down for a season two rewatch. Wait, season three just dropped. Yeah, like know. a day ago. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. I think yeah. So. I just what? found out about it today. Okay, so I have to get up at like six fifteen tomorrow, but I'm not <laughs> sleeping tonight. Um, uh, there's only one episode out so far. So. Okay, but I'm still going to watch it. Um, oh, for sure. 
Sparkle, have you watched Too Hot to Handle, Love is Blind? I also uh, really liked Love is Blind a lot. Love is Blind um, is very good, uh, uh, but it's I, a little bit sweeter than some of the other ones. Like, yes. Like, more heartwarming. I mean, uh, except for the one couple where the guy is definitely abusive as fuck, and I, I struggled with that. Um, I can't remember their names. Uh, oh, I can't uh, remember any uh, Oh, you mean it was... Um, I remember her name because her she says her she, fucking name. Of well, yeah, she had a weird she had a weird name. It was you mean Gian Giannina Milady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I loved says, I, I loved her Giannina Milady Jabelli. I know, but who take you? <laughs> I loved her, and she was so cute, and she, like the way that that motherfucker gaslit her for the entire goddamn season, and then they, oh, made me furious. Anyway, um, no, I did like Love Is Blind. Too hard to handle is profoundly dumb. Um, yeah, that's why I love it. <laughs> I've still only watched one season. I think that me and Mona and Allison are planning on watching season two. I haven't watched season two yet, so uh. um, I need to watch it. Uh, and then we'll just, we'll just start hosting reality television nights at my condo. I mean, I joke, but but actually, maybe we should. But actually, we should also do The Bachelor uh, or the. Bachelorette. I would be totally down to watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorettes. I am deeply confused. I mean, I'm not really confused, but like I'm sort of confused as to why there is not more gay dating shows because like they're so cheap yes. to make and you know there would be a huge market for them, but there's virtually none. Oh, there's there's only one and it's A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. There's Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. There's season 8 of Are You the One, which was all bisexual people and is the best season of reality television I have ever oh, watched. A dating show with all bisexual it's, people just sounds beautiful. It's so fucking good. I loved it so much. And then we went back oh. and tried to watch the first season, and it was one of the most painful experiences of my life. <laughs> um, so that was like the most recent season of Are You the One that was all queer people. And then Dating Around mm. on Netflix has some queer and some straight couples. So like there is queerness in it. But like, other than that, it's just like, no, this is somehow the straightest thing in the world, even though it would be so much more fun to watch gay people date. <laughs> here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. One well, of the reasons I don't want queer dating shows is because I don't always necessarily want to see people who I potentially relate to. I want to see people who I'm like, I am not at all in the culture these people are from. So it makes it easier for me to okay, but I want these people. I want both. Like, I want both. Sure. I want, there is no doubt that when I watch The Straits on some of these shows, I'm just like, I literally don't know what you are talking about. I would give you $100 <laughs> if you could sit down and explain to me specifically what you mean by anything you say. <laughs> if you could sit down and tell me, when you say that you are in love with this person, tell me specifically three things about this person. <laughs> I would give you $100. If you did a drinking game for every time one of these motherfuckers talked about their walls going up, you would die. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. But that said, watching the, the eighth season of Are You the One, where it's all like 21, it's all like 21 to 25 year olds who, number one, have all clearly been to way more therapy than anyone else that I have ever seen on a dating show, but are still hot messes mm. because they are 20 something queer queers <laughs> that are doing their thing. And wow, thanks. 
I mean, I cannot help it, babe. You'll grow up eventually. Anyway. um, (laughs) And like, but like still, like some of them are definitely awful, but I could picture having conversations with any of them. And I understood what they were talking about, which made me invested in a really different way. I want both of these things. I want the weird straights and I also want the queers and I don't understand why we can't have them. But but (laughs) let me counter that with what about on the things like on The Bachelor? Where you get women who look like Avril Lavigne saying, do you want to go to the Boom Boom Room? <laughs> do they call it the Boom Boom Room there, too? Because they call it the Boom Boom Room and are it, you the one uh, also? <laughs> so in Bachelor in Paradise, which is like the one where it's like they get all the, the losers from like different seasons, right? And they put them, they take them to Mexico and they're like, sure. go on this island and now you can actually fuck whenever you want. They have jokingly what they call the boom boom room, but everyone like really seriously says the boom boom room now. That's what happens in, in Are You the One too. That's <laughs> so there's this girl who's like famously so she's queer and like last time she was on Bachelor in Paradise, she was like there was a guy and a girl going after her. Uh, the girl was actually seeing her outside of the show, and the girl oh. said, I really want to make something work, so I'm going to come on the show. And this woman is like, she's a queer, uh, not not the Avril Lavigne girl, but like the girl who's fighting for like this queer minister, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, and hmm. uh, so she, the Avril Lavigne girl Demi, she ends up picking the queer minister, and then like they get in quotes like engaged, and they break up, and now <laughs> she's back, and she's trying to date this guy who's beyond ripped. 40 years old manages a boy band uh, and she <laughs> always is like I see you're developing feelings for this other person but what if I took you to the boom boom room and he's like I do enjoy sex uh, <laughs> <laughs> and but she's also like incredibly uh, vindictive uh, and is just like I'm gonna she I think she legitimately says I'm gonna murder some bitches like 16 times Great. Uh, over the course of just a few episodes, because that's the kind of person she is. Uh, so it's a trash fire. Like, I'm like, I will never talk to this person, other than the fact that she's been on WWE five times. Uh, <laughs> I will never talk to this person ever in my life. And if I did, I would be scared of them. And I would have nothing to talk about. But I do <laughs> want to watch them on TV. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, like, I would 100% drink and watch an entire season of a reality television show with y'all <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what we should do, Morgan? Wrap this uh, podcast episode up? Ah, uh, yes, my friend. <laughs> before uh, before we get into the outro, Sparkle, do you have anything you would like to plug? Plug us. Oh, yeah, I have a podcast, too. Um, right. that That's a thing that I do. Um, <laughs> my younger brother and I do a podcast uh, called Sunday School Cinema where we, (laughs) like, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when we were both good Christian kids, mostly good Christian kids, we ran a small group out of our house, but instead of talking about, like, the Bible or something like that, we instead made people watch movies um, and talked about the movies, and our father came, and there was, like, a lot of weird generational conflict. Um, And uh, we somehow watched exactly 100 movies over the course of, like, two years. That was not planned, but somehow that happened. Um, And so now we are re-watching them (laughs) and talking about uh, what we thought of them then and what we think of them now. And then we just talk about what we're watching and 
whatever. So, um, yeah, so that's a thing that we do every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, as of today, have listened to the first episode, so uh, I will recommend it as well. You love me more than I love you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fucking yikes. Red flag. Listen, I just... <laughs> I just wanted to hear you admit it on the podcast. Morgan, Morgan, as your friend, I just want to tell you, I don't I don't know about this sparkle person. I think, I think you should drop them. Uh, this is an abusive relationship full of oh, codependency. Uh, definitely. Your codependency, specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be fair, you have way fewer episodes to listen to if you're catching up than I would if I was catching up on yours. Yes. Your episodes are also roughly half the length of ours. Um, well, they so start yes. out that way. They do get a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Look, we always plan for ours to be shorter and then we talk and then they yeah, die. I, I and understand it's, that. It's not. I understand that. <laughs> what was our first episode? Uh, it was like an hour ten. No, but what was it of the movie? Oh, oh, uh, uh, for the Lord tells me so. I think. Oh yeah, for the Bi- for the Bible tells me so. It was a, that's what it, it is. A documentary yeah. about gay Christians. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I think I think that's actually one of the only movies on the for episodes that you've released that I've seen. Really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Um. I mean, but you've, but you've I, seen The Matrix, so that's one of them. Yes. I don't know. There's probably a few. We do have a lot of really random, extremely obscure shit that we were watching. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I will say go check out Sparkle's podcast. <laughs> it's it's fun to listen to. And yeah, I guess all that's left to say is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. Ew, and saw traps. <laughs> <laughs> Never ask why. Okay, that's fair. <laughs>